Hello, hello. How's it going, guys? Episode 52. Gentlemen, how are you? How was your week? It's a long journey getting here through the titling process. (laughs) (laughs) That admitted mediocre results. (laughs) Everyone's stoked on the title. (laughs) Okay. We need to... See, that's that positivity. Yeah, but it's been 
really good today. I don't know about you guys. Life is awesome. Always better all the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a perfect day, man. So where, where did you come from, Chance Garden, just before you got here? What oh, you, you know doing? what? I got myself warmed up. got the blood flowing with a nighttime bike ride to my nearest 5G tower to gift it with an earth pipe. And uh, thanks, all thanks to Mitch, the Orgone donor, for providing me with a whole bunch of pipes to improve the energetic qualities of my local area. It was fun. Felt like a, felt like my, the old days of, you know, doing egregious hooligan stuff as a teenager. But instead of setting <laughs> off fireworks in people's driveways at three in the morning, I'm helping the earth heal from geoengineering. So it's been a 360 win. <laughs> so how do you determine... Uh like what angle to place your gift? You like? I think you just get it in the ground vertically. Mm-hmm. And Anywhere in the area? Yeah. Close is good, but they have about a quarter mile range, Mitch said. But I, I assume it's probably better to be closer to the actual uh, artificial phallus. <laughs> Obelisk <laughs> of doom. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> hey, cat party. What's yours named? Oh, nice. This is uh, Snacks. This is Gandalf. Oh, nice. sweet. <laughs> Love that. I just got to mention every time you talk about Mitch, the Orgone donor, I always think about whether or not I should check yes to be an organ donor on my identification. And do you guys have any thoughts about that? Well, I just got a new license to transport merchandise and goods as a commercial driver of a automobile. So I said no this time. <laughs> I said, no, I would not like you to have access to my organs. Sorry. Yeah, good call. Yeah, I'm on board with the chance. I figure I donated my placenta when I was born. That's all they're going to get. I was an organ donor, but I recently had to renew my license and I had him take it off because I I watched uh, a movie called uh, Operating Room Number Eight or something like that. Oh, no. Made in the 80s where they were they were gassing people with carbon monoxide. So when they were having a surgery, they would die. And it looked like it was an accident. And then they were selling their organs to like this company that was doing weird stuff. Highly like, profitable. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's, it was a truth drop. So I looked into it and I was like, oh, no, that's really wow. going on. A lot of these doctor shops are organ harvesting plants at major city hospitals. I think I used to be on mine. But then I figured, why would anybody want any of my organs? I was so health- unhealthy at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd be doing a disservice to any poor, poor schmuck that would have gotten one. Yeah, they don't care when they're selling them. If you yeah. drink or smoke, it's just uh, another dollar. Yeah. You know? Johnny in the chat says, 
he did the organ donor shit as a sick joke. His organs are tainted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, now whenever I see medical like workers uh, coming and going, which is kind of frequently in this area, um, I often think that that's you know I, I say a little prayer in hopes that that's somebody getting something they need and not somebody making a dollar. Yeah, yeah, I, just, so. I, I haven't read the fine print enough to know exactly what the terms and conditions are in, uh, involved with organ donation. It might differ state to state, but um, I don't know. What does the chat have to say? What do, what do people think about organ donation? I don't know. It's like, it's that time when people are carving pumpkins and do you really want your body to be carved up like a pumpkin? Wow. I don't know. I'm still undecided. So try and try and convince me otherwise. So here's the other direction. cat. It just showed up. This What's is Peregrine. Peregrine took. Nice. Oh, sweet names. They're sweet all names for Lord of the Rings. My dog is Gimli. <laughs> My dog is Frodo. <laughs> nice. Gimli was almost Bilbo. That's awesome. I love Lord of the Rings uh, pets. It's probably the best thing you can do. But don't name them after the most mischievous and obnoxious character. Like this guy. <laughs> they, they will live up to it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's all in a name. It does. You heard what I was telling the guys a while back about uh, my dog when I changed its name, Chance. Did, I say, did you hear that story? So you changed it. You can change your dog's name. I did. Um, <laughs> you don't have to do any legal worked. paperwork for that. No, I, I didn't. I kind of consulted other uh, higher authorities, me, and went, hey, I'm doing this. And so I, <laughs> it, it doesn't match her her papers or whatever. What do I care? Anyway, um, so I, when I first got her, this little, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do we have? Snake? What's the dog? Uh, Ridgeback. I know, Leo. Ridgeback. Yeah, it's a Ridgeback oh. mix. It looks just like, it's a lot like uh, Snake's dog. But uh when I first got her, she was a spaz, and I named her uh, Mina Harker after the vampire in uh, Dracula. You know the his the victim, the female victim, who later on in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen becomes like Mina the vampire, right? So I named her that. She bit through my finger all the way through. Like I still have a scar right there. Yikes! That went all the way through. But she's small, but she's got big feet. So I renamed her Dinky Meat Feet. <laughs> nice. And it worked. Like, she's just a snuggle bug. She's not spazzy. I mean, she's annoying as hell because she's a, a perpetual toddler. But it works. That name thing, it makes a difference, I think. We named three, four animals today. You got one new ones. 
<laughs> Snake got new critters. I'm super honored about the the name that you picked for your goat. Oh yeah, I had to. You named I think one I had that after me. Made a year ago. <laughs> you named so it you... James Maiden or mm-hmm. Black Marmalade. You named it Black Marmalade. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got recommendations. Black Marmalade. Lucifer, Beezlebub. What else did they? <laughs> Lil Poplick. Yeah. <laughs> Poplick. Named after the Poplick Goatman monster. We'll Gosh. call him Lil Poplick. So <laughs> cute as hell, man. So, right. Alan, have you decided why it's Poplick? Why are we licking? Why is the name of a place in Kentucky Poplick? I don't know. Next town over here is Boone's Lick. My my intuition was telling me that there was a short film made. Well, that was Wikipedia telling me that. My intuition was saying that this um short film that they made in like 1988, little horror film, introducing a goat-headed beast man that lives under this bridge or on top of this bridge, encouraging people to walk over this train trestle to their death and doom. Sounds like it was uh, maybe started from a horror movie, or maybe that's just where it sort of became popular. But I think there was a legend before that. And I'm just, I'm not sure. We we need to find someone from that area to, to come on the show and tell us what's actually going on in, in that Pope Lake, Kentucky. So <laughs> in, in German, the uh, suffix lick means uh, like. So it's. Pope like, really? Pope like, yeah, so, that makes sense because I'm like, there's a lot of lick towns. Uh huh. A lot of Germans came here, so makes sense. So snake, yeah. snake, you were talking about drinking from the skulls of your enemies today. I didn't say that. I said, <clears throat> let me say it right. <clears throat> the cure for COVID. I mean, not COVID. I'm sorry. We'll call it a surface bug. Is to bathe in the blood of tyrants. Tell <laughs> <laughs> me, I'm wrong. That sounds about right. There's more of us than there are of them. <laughs> you know. Anyhow, whatever. I like I like your blood sausage quote. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nutritious as hell, man. I'm telling you. Can you imagine a Bill Gates uh, blood sausage? Mm. <laughs> no, thanks. If you didn't have the prion disease that they're passing off as a virus, you would from that. Yeah, you're sure. <laughs> You'd develop Alzheimer's in five minutes from eating that dude's organs. You know, we went from making documentaries called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead to COVID. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. You're going to die anyway. Yeah, cannibalism, huh? What a fun topic. We talked about that a little bit last night in our movie group. We watched The Shining forward and backwards at the same time. That was a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. What? So what is the significance of that? How does it mesh up? Like, is it like some weird moray? Like you're watching two screens of 
Yeah, because I watched it in the brain. Five yeah, minutes yeah. of it. Very good question. What um, we saw is someone took the DVD version of it, ripped it, and then put it in their editing software and found a point in the middle as the anchor point for the film, took the film and put it in reverse, overlaid that over the top of the film going forward, and then changed the opacity 50%. So you're seeing the movie playing backwards over the sound and the movie moving forwards. So there's this point in the middle where the films cross and there's symmetry on both sides of that point. The film is two hours, 22 minutes, 22 seconds. So at one hour and 11 minutes and 11 seconds, there's like a crossover, a very interesting point in the timeline. And I mentioned that because of the cannibalism. What did you see, Jim? Oh, it television. Was, it was just, it was very predictive. Everything that was happening overlaid was related sort of to what they were talking about at, on the forward moving sections. And then in reverse, it was even, it was had a double different meaning. I mean, once you pass the midpoint, it wasn't like watching the same exact movie twice. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. We, had, we had a lot of wows. When we get there, I wanted to hear more about this, but when we get there, let's talk more about cannibalism and prions and mad cow disease, because I've uncovered some new information today that yes. may be of interest. Yeah. So Danny in the movie tells us he learned about cannibalism from watching the television. So that's why I bring it up. In the middle of the film, there's a news report on the television. So the theme of this television, telling a vision, being significant in creating a meaning for the reality is very significant in the film. And it's okay. Well, I saw it on TV. He said, uh, "Talking yeah. about the Donner Party." Wow, right. interesting. And it almost uh, denotes that by seeing it or watching it, you are giving consent. So now you you accept the idea into your life. And the, and the overlap is amazing. What is, you know, at the moment that he says that, the ghost image behind it is like all kinds, of, you know, it's at the climax where there's blood coming out of the walls of the hotel. And it's just profound how the, uh, the overlap has uh, extreme predictive value. It was clearly made to be done this way. And, you know, we, we, we kind of got into the idea of storyboarding. And how storyboarding must have been, you know, essential to getting this symmetry so utterly perfect. And um, I've recently uh, heard some indications that, you know, uh, corporate powers that presume to be are also 
very into storyboarding and uh, kind of staying on script, if you will. And that, uh, and that's where corporate interests that uh, are taking the world stage right now are using storyboards uh, to compartmentalize, but to stay in the vein of the theme of the day. Uh, is it not true that there's an idea around reading grimoires and occult books to read backwards and approach the information that way? Yeah. Probably not to read backwards literally, but to start at the last chapter and then read the second to last chapter in, in that order? Yes, I have heard that um, certain demonic uh, entities will uh, will spew the uh, biblical passages in reverse, which is really creepy right. to think of. But it may, you know, on a on the spiritual plane, uh, if these if these demonic entities go back to the time when the Bible was written in Greek. You know, we have that fact that there were no spaces, there were no paragraph breaks, there's no, uh, there's no gaps. And so the true masters of literature in the Greek culture, it's one word. And they would, uh, it kind of makes sense that demonic entities might do that in a strange way. Okay, so Jenny B just brought up eating eating brains in the chat. So uh, this totally connects to where I was going to go on the cannibalism subject. One of my favorite podcasts is Mysterious Universe. Mm -hmm. It's largely entertainment value, but also you just never know where their research might connect to things. You're sometimes they're just talking about ridiculous stuff and laughing, but other times it's like they do get to the bottom of some of these mysteries. And the topic was cattle mutilation and we're familiar with this probably right the phenomenon of ranchers finding these strange surgical uh desanguinated livestock different parts of the cattle have been almost like with laser beams cut out and cored and drilled out and it's presented as a possibly an extraterrestrial et thing and there's a lot of folklore around that, but there's just as much lore about black helicopters and finding needles under the body and other sloppy intelligence agency fails, right? And so let's back up a little bit. They, the books that they were referencing today, let me read the titles here. The first one is by Christopher O'Brien, Stalking the Herd, Unraveling the Cattle Mutilation Mystery. And the second one is called Brain Trust, the hidden connection between mad cow and misdiagnosed Alzheimer's disease. So what they're talking about in, with the Alzheimer's is that, this is gonna be a lot of explaining, I hope you guys are up for it. It's a uh, Crutzfeld-Jacob disease being misdiagnosed as Alzheimer's. And this is basically bovine spongiform encephalopathy, like, holes in the brain and it's from oh there's so much to this story but okay so it starts it goes back to the idea of kuru which was uh 
I think in New Zealand is the correct place where this is happening, where it was a belief that sorcerers had done something to you to cause you to uh, basically like get sick and drop dead. But when investigating, there was a there was a Fort Detrick in scientist who was tasked to go around the world. I can't remember the guy's name and find viral and pathogenic diseases to bring back for the biological warfare division over at good old Fort Detrick, Maryland, where one of the worst cancer hotspots in the world, coincidentally, go figure. And he discovered these uh, natives in New Zealand that were, that had this issue called Kuru that they thought was an illness brought on by sorcerers or, you know, dark shamanism. But in investigating it, he found out that there were secret cults of women in these tribes that would get together at night and have orgiistic, cannibalistic rituals where they would dig up dead bodies of men and eat their brains raw. And they were giving themselves this type of spongiform encephalitis and giving it to their children. They would bring their children into these rituals. And so later in life, they would develop these symptoms that look a lot like Alzheimer's. And anyway, the insinuation is that this lovely researcher then took the idea back to the biological warfare division, and they started seeing how they could apply this idea. And long story short, it leads to a change in the feeding patterns for livestock in the big livestock industries where instead of feeding them things that they would maybe eat naturally like grass or not as good, but like, hay, things like that, it became roadkill and deceased pets from veterinary clinics and just dead bodies that had rotten and gone way too far and been ground up into paste and mush. And they're feeding this to the livestock and they're creating on purpose the conditions for the food supply to create this bovine spongiform encephalitis in human beings, which is a prion disease. And this is probably, we're probably in trouble for even talking about this, but <laughs> uh, if you look at the rate of Alzheimer's, so-called Alzheimer's and how it's increased in the last decade, we're talking like in some, in some short periods of time from year to year, over, 8,000% increases, humongous jumps forward. And uh, researchers like Clint Richardson that I've talked to over on Interverse have suggested that a lot of what is going on right now with cooties has to do with prions, prion-related diseases. And I don't know if he's made this link back to cannibalistic necrophage female cults in New Zealand but it's very, anyway, it's very interesting. That's my best summary of it for now without, you know, cause I just was casually listening to this episode, but there it is. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, you probably remember this. I think you guys touched on it on, on uh, RX picture show, but uh, I had to go out and get the book. Has anybody else heard of the beginning was the end? by Oscar Kismer. This book is out of 
it's it's in a league of its own. It's so far out. It's um, it's about the history of cannibalism, and it asserts that the boom in human intelligence uh, has a correspondence to the eating of brains culturally across the globe. It is way far out stuff. It's way far out. And it's, um, it's, it's a little out of date and it's a little culturally not so PC anymore. It's not the kind of book you go reading at the airport, if you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) But it is profound because there's been a lot, I mean, because this is not new, you know, this book is old and uh, applying it militarily. uh, It's, I mean, it's a, a steep, it's a, it's a steep line of reasoning. What is but, the name um, of the author? Oscar Kissmayer. Here, I'll put it in the. I'll put it in the chat. It's a uh, three names: Oscar Kiss M A E R T H. Okay. And I just want to put this into the into the conversation. Uh, and it feels like we're already on hour three. <laughs> we're going deep fast. We just but, started and jumped into the deep end. Yeah, we did. So, um, so let's just think about the possibility that feeding those that to the animals, and then us eating the animals, and its correspondence with intelligence and increased intelligence yeah. um, might lend to the quickening and the mm. uh, you know revelations, the increase of knowledge. Or this is uh, just a totally inverse belief system. <laughs> Could be that. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Personally. That's what I, I, I would lean to. So that kind of brings me to what happened to me this week. Speaking of books, was we got back from uh, <clears throat> our trip. My wife and I, we were supposed to go do a road trip and it didn't work out. She had some dental work that needed to be done. So we ran out to um, Bisbee, which is an hour and a half away, but we were able to get a place, which is hard to do this time of year because <clears throat> Bisbee is known to be known for its haunted hotels because it's a mining town. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of hard to get in. So we found a window and we jumped it and we stayed in this place called the Lester Hotel, Leston, Leston Loft Hotel. And it was started in 1883. And there's a whole Bisbee massacre that happened right at at the front door of this place. And um, I guess I, I, some bunch of, it's kind of uh, linked in with Tombstone because they lynched those guys and dragged them like a group of guys shot another group of guys. I don't know what it was. Probably, probably everybody's drunk back then. And they, they killed them and then dragged them all the way to a posse, dragged them all the way to Tombstone, which is probably another hour drive, probably a good day's uh, drive or ride in, you know, on horseback. Mm-hmm. But uh, they dragged them all the way to, tombstone and hung them (laughs) 
I want to uh, just put a caveat on the whole cattle mutilation thing I brought up. The insinuation is that all of that was military intelligence looking to see how their operation was going in terms of spreading this uh, encephalitis thing and then making it and then then promoting the story that it's extraterrestrials doing this to kind of cover their tracks. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Chance. I didn't mean no, that. Makes no, it's a lot cool. of I sense. just forgot that I didn't make that point. Not I, we don't need to belabor it. I just wanted to get that Chad rescued. And the whole thing that, uh, you know, Vacus, Vacus is cow. Yeah, the cow yeah. poke, Vaca. That's right. Vaca. And what is, uh, you know, the horned god, the bull. Actually, and then what here? <laughs> I got to do a screen share. I'm going to hold, hold this thought. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm going to dig up an image about a horned god. Okay, so I'll, I guess I'll talk about when we got back. My wife and I started going through the garage with, because we were talking about my father-in-law this this trip. And so when we got home, we started digging through his boxes of stuff that we'd had in the garage for, I think he, I think it's been a decade that he passed away. So we're going through all this stuff and um, we find all these books, all these metaphysical books and like, a guide to uh, astral projection, a guide on clairvoyance, a guide on, on just all sorts of mystic books, you know, uh, the Knights of the Order and things like this. Now, what I think a lot of this is, is some of it is just, you start where I went through two of them and you start getting the idea that somebody's trying to sell you a cult that's kind of what some of these are. And are you telling me you've had this cachet of knowledge for 10 years in your garage and now you just went and <laughs> I never even went through it. Yeah. And you just, yeah, that's exactly you just what felt the you. calling to go uh-huh. through your storage wars treasures to see uh-huh. what's in there. <laughs> what? Yes. You're welcome. Today was the day. Um, but yeah, it's uh there are three more bins of boxes of sealed boxes that I've never gone through with stuff like this big masters tutorials on, on the tarot uh, masters of Kabbalic uh, tarot. That Franz Barden book looked real good. Yeah. We'll see. I, I got to start cataloging that stuff and going through, I just started digging and we're like, we're both like <gasps> start reading, you know? And, but yeah, two of those books were me. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm wondering. Nice cover. The cover art was great. I'm wondering if these, because he was in the Roscrucians before uh, my wife was in fifth grade. She, he converted to Christianity and got and hid everything and, and got rid of all his Roscrucian stuff. But before that, so this is where it starts getting even weirder. So when she was in fifth grade, he was converted to Christianity and got rid of all his magic stuff. He even had a crystal ball. And when my wife was a kid, she would, she remembers him doing like these little tests with the psychic cards, you know, like, like they do on Ghostbusters. He had a bunch of those as well. So um, I'll I'll go get them in a minute when we get a break. um, Yeah. Jim is awesome at that. Are you Jim? Yeah, I practiced uh, online quite a bit, and uh, 
I mean, I'm not awesome, but I, I got, I got better at it after lots and lots and lots of practice. You can identify the five symbols. Well, not every time, not like, I mean, out of, out of a group of symbols, maybe there's a hundred symbols and you can pick out the five that belong in the set of Zener cards. Out of of five symbols and a bunch of cards, I can pick out, you know, quite a bit. I don't know that Zener cards. It's like you, there's 20, 25 cards. And then there's uh, five of each of five symbols. And so that's how it works. But um, I don't know. I'm not like that good, but I, I saw you, Tim. Don't be modest. I saw you on uh, RX Picture Show. You did it out of yeah. a deck of 52, which today is episode 52. And I yeah, think it yeah. was the Ace. I think it was Ace of Hearts. Do you remember what it was? Wow. I think it was Ace of Hearts. It was Ace of Hearts, man. You called it cold. Speaking yeah. of calling aces, I was I got a healing session from Lindsay last week. Oh, we did tra- you? Yeah, we, we that traded. Go? It was like a heady swap where I did some aura technician stuff for her with my forks, and then she did her ceremony for me. And uh, I had recently been I'd recently done this big tetragrammaton spread on my channel with ace of wands at the top of the pyramid. And so anyway, she drew a card and then she would, I, I realized she was going to draw a few more cards throughout this session. And I said, the next one's ace of wands out of the whole deck. And poof, there it was. So, you know, calling the aces. Nice. Oh. Sweet. Anyway. Uh, you can feel it. Yeah, you can when you're in the zone. Yeah. Gordy, did you guys play with the, with the, Zen, what are they? Xena? Xena cards? No, the no, I haven't messed with them yet because okay. we were just we were just digging into what was there and just started reading. I mean, it's it's gonna be a while, I think, because there's just a lot of it's junk. And that's like it's the new age section of Bookman's here in Tucson. Like it was, you know, a lot of it's that stuff, but I think because I know the Rosh Christians like make you buy a bunch of stuff, kind of, kind of the uh, uh, Scientology model, where they you have to pay dues and they want you to buy books and things like this. Um, I think a lot of this stuff is left over from from that. So it's it feels like some of them are just a sales pitch for something else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which is kind of how business is, you know, it was the business, the occult. And so they make you buy some of this stuff, but it, it's fascinating stuff. I'll go, I'll go grab it here. Yeah. The ESP cards often called Zener cards, Z E N E R designed in the 1930s by perceptual psychologist, Carl Zener for his colleague, JB Hrein. Hrein used these cards extensively for experiments in ESP, including telepathy, clairvoyance, and precognition. The five symbols, circle, cross, wavy lines, square, and star. Very similar to the PlayStation controller buttons. Nice. Interesting point. Yeah, great point. Never made that connection. That's a great point. So while you guys were doing the show, uh, 
chance to you and Jim. Oh, thank you. you. I wanted to bring that up. Can I, before you say, let's just let everyone know over on the Interverse channel, Mm -hmm. there's a most recent episode of Vibrant, which I'll link in the chat, where our silent protagonist, Jim, (laughs) gave us a lot of great laughs and stories and me and him had a super good time. And a lot, very interesting, especially the cosmic egg stuff that came up that I wasn't expecting and some DMT talk. And yeah, man, we were breaking the matrix. There's the egg. Whoa, what up? What up? Wow. Egg. Okay, this seems like the time. As soon as you're done, Gabe, I've got some screen shares to do since we're talking about reproduction. I'm going to save a chat related to the horned god. We're always sitting here talking about reproduction. (laughs) So the show was going on uh and uh gordy was posting his his discovery and alan was putting up the zener cards uh on the tele on telegram and i was not even present i was hanging out with an old friend uh and we at that very moment were reminiscing over the ghostbusters in the in the initiating scene the beginning scene where he was using those cards to uh, essentially get in the pants of one of his students. And we were just laughing. We, we were totally losing it because we were remembering how the guy was getting the cards right and he was getting punished for it. Right. Yeah. And he was, he was zapping them anyways. And we were just laughing and laughing at how funny that is. But then after we were done laughing, which took us a minute, but, uh, Afterwards, I said, isn't that kind of what college is, where they are zapping away your psychic potential and mm. steering you into, into that uh, left brain dominance? Uh, and that I just cat thought that was wants a, a kiss. I know. He's, he, he knows that I'm, I'm initiated. <laughs> he's, ready for the, he's ready for the next phase. Okay, so, yeah, so I, I just, just cut my deck, amazing. and look what I... I just cut the deck at a random spot in the I Ching. What is it? It's an yeah, egg with a divine being popping out of it. It's wow. number three. Just thought Whoa. that was neat. They're talking about tarot in the chat, so I just cut the deck. I'm like, will this relate to the subject at hand? And there it is. Oh, you guys are talking about the tarot here. Yes, there's a question from False Reality Check asking, how does one go about choosing their first tarot deck? I might suggest that there. First tarot deck might choose. Not out FCR because uh, I just went on with them today. The episode's not out yet, but the flow state was real. And they're super fun, fellow fire signs, and definitely put the inspo in me. And the spiritual flow state was huge. I think people are going to love that. Sweet. This is a. Yeah. We should, we should we need what? to bring them on a, a, you know, a I weave. Was, I was trying to, they, they're uh, busy fixing the house tonight to uh, sell because they're going to bolt California. Good for them, man. They're yeah, gonna... what are they doing about three hours from now? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll be available. I'll send it to them. Um, but look, there's uh, Kabbalistic Tarot. <laughs> yep, Robert Wang. Robert Wang. Robert Wang does a really great deck. That question is still standing. Uh, the first tarot deck. Question so, being, how, about, how do you choose one? How did I'm you a, all I'm choose a Rider Waite fan, personally. 
Franz Barden. Am I am I reversed? Okay, Franz Barden. That's a yeah. beautiful book. Ooh, yeah, look at that map Kabbalah. of the world on the top. That right there. That's yep, that's a uh, that's a zodiac. That's Zodiac, a yeah. map of the magical universe. That is a oh. calendar also. Here's our friend Franz. Yeah. Electric magnetic. Look at those eyes. Wow. He's a hermetic master. Those are, that's sure. intensity. Or we'll give you some cement shoes. You look like a mafia guy. Kind of does. He looks like he was at that party in the Overlook Hotel in The Shining, and he was somewhere in the photograph. Well, this is interesting. So in Kabbalah, the Q, if you spell it with the Q, that's Greek. If you spell it with a C, that's Christian. And if you spell it with the K, it's Hebrew. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I've seen both. Sounds like quack. Except when it isn't. Sounds like quackery, Gabriel. Except you got when it, it isn't, depending on other authors using the the spelling fast and loose sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what? It goes quack and is into necrophilia. Mm-hmm. There maybe is a connection to a previous chads. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This Whoa. is the guy that sucks. Ophiel. Ophiel. This is the one. This these these are the books that are trying to get you to buy more books. When you're publishing a mononym, yeah, maybe um, maybe we don't want to read that book. Yeah. Um, but check this out also that I, we found out there. Boom. Boom. Owl bookends. The owl book it's destiny. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aren't there two of them? Yeah. Yeah. That's so I got perfect. the pair. That is so perfect. Have we gotten any interesting feedback from last week's owl presentation? Did anyone notice anything? I loved it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. it. Took me all week to get through it, but <laughs> it's worth. It was worth it. So this is the weird one, though. Like, so this is the art and practical magic. Pra- this is why I wanted to read those crappy books, is because this is the like a rare version of those Ophiel books, but this is the one that has the uh, cards. Oh, wow. What is the title again? In it. The Art and Practice of Astral Projection. You know what I think the trick is? Clean your colon out and do a parasite (laughs) cleanse. Do a cleanse. I'm serious. Cleansing. Internal cleansing. See if you astral project automatically. Uh, I really think that you might. It, It works for me. I don't know if you need that guy's book. The oh, enema enigma is real, guys. Try it. Yeah, man. There's, there's a bunch of. Yeah, th- that's yeah, a very large tarot card. Yeah, some very interesting art plates. Sure. I wonder. I wonder if those were pages from the book and they fell out of the binding and they were printed on the reflective color paper and then included in the book, which is different from the pages that the text is printed on. A lot of times these old books will have the colored plates printed separately and then later bound in with the rest of the book. And they might just be like in the center of the book. So you have to go back and read the book and they'll say, you know, see figure five. 
and then you go to the middle of the book to see the color plates. So yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, because so they're clearly the, bounded to the book. Ivy in the chat said, "I did a three month parasite cleanse, and it got really real." And to put it simply, your organs are filtration systems, and they're also centers of consciousness and consciousness is your perceptions and feelings. So if you clean your filters, you will see more of what's real. That's not a joke. It gets really real. It gets really real. <laughs> you want to get real? Yep. Clean, clean your filters. Uh, fasting. <clears throat> you want to get really real out, out in nature? You need to scrub that shit though. Fasting is good, but you need to scrub that out. Well, once you're with your what we've already... been exposed to, I mean, you know, yeah, for sure. Taco Bell childhood and all that. <laughs> How do we scrub it? Benzonite clay. Yep. And capsules. Yeah, yeah. And fasting while you do it. Uh, I've got some some really old episodes, like when I first started the show, called Metaphysical Dumps, part one <laughs> and two. <laughs> it's a two-parter and i talk all about the cleansing and what it how to do it and what it was like for me we tried to do that before the show get it all up before the show that's right because once we go live back to the playstation psp yep bring the psp into the throne room and uh we're not playing games in there all right Serious speak, business speaking of bullshit i've had this screen share ready to save a save a chad for a minute i want to get it done because I, I talked about cattle mutilation we talked about the cowpoke vodka we talked we didn't mention how but i think it's probably we're aware that these cowpokes are a fertility interference thing right so and even even weirder i don't think i've ever verified this but there are some rumors going around on the internet about babies being born from cowpoked parents that are developing horns so here we go. Screen share. This is Taurus. This is Venus, the goddess, the mother, the fertility sign of Earth. It's the horns. This is the brain where the pineal gland is. These are the horns. What the? This is your pineal gland right where my mouse is. This is what it looks like. This is the horned god in your brain. This is the female reproductive system. The horns. There's a reason the symbolism exists. Yeah, as Taurus. above, so below. As above, so below. Yeah, man. So this is where you generate and create through the third eye. This is where the creation portal is at in the human body. And this is the astrological correspondence. And I just needed to get that out. It's been burning a hole in my pocket. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Beautiful in fact, I just learned a really cool fact about my birthday is one day off of another dude's birthday here. Jim Maiden is April 23rd, correct? Yeah. We're 24th, buddy. Oh, shit. He's our team yeah. mom. <laughs> cool. The brother, mother, Taurus. Oh, you're a bull too. Yep. Yeah. Also awesome. the the hierophant card, isn't that is isn't the you got it. Isn't Taurus the hierophant, the high priest? 
Yeah. Nice. Which actually isn't a great card if because it's traditional, right? It's what is what is religious and hard and or, or represents orthodoxy, I think. But I got a pull just yesterday of uh, Hierophant reversed, meaning changing all the traditions, being the high priest of all new traditions, which is kind of heavy. Gabe was talking about that in a recent video about, uh, is it time to reestablish the symbolism of our, our systems like tarot and astrology to yeah, root man. it into what yep. is now? And I just had a great conversation with an astrologer, a YouTuber called The Peace Dealer, who's super psychic. And it was a very interesting and good conversation. And we discussed the sidereal versus tropical and whether or not it's an inner zodiac or an outer zodiac that's influencing our life force energy. So that could be a topic we get into or just wait for that interverse to drop. I want to ask the question, the Hierophant card in reverse would that represent a deconstructive aspect of dogmatic religion and sort of a top-down religious um, enforcement of the morals and religious laws? Put the higher font on his head and kind of shake him out and see what uh, is in his pockets and deconstruct it a little bit. Yeah. That's, I like how I, that's exactly how I read it. I mean, yeah. I, tarot's all new to me. Like this was, this is my wife's game. This is not <laughs> my jam. Hasn't been yet until mm-hmm. I got this book. So I'm going through these suckers. Gonna become a master. Nice. Oh yeah, I blurred it again. Oh well. Anyway, so uh, it's interesting that you got the upside down here, fans. So I'm looking at my uh, my my personal calendar here. We are we are on the opposite end of the calendar from your birthday, you are and Jim's birthday. You guys are both a couple days before Arbor day. I think. Does that sound right? Is, yeah, I think so. What day is yeah, Arbor day? I think, it's, I think I have it on the it 24th April, here. Right? It's around, um, it's around Maybe. earth day somewhere. Yeah. I have four twenty-five for Arbor day. So you guys are five, Wait, is that the fourth or fifth month? Fourth. April's four. Okay, yeah. So Arbor Day is like right after you guys. And on the calendar, we are uh, 180 degrees away from it. So having an upside-down hierophant is strangely appropriate. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, right after right after that, a week later, is Valpurgis Nacht. What is that? Uh, May 1st. It's also Beltane. And May Day. Is that where May Day yeah. comes from? Yeah, May Day. Maypole? We had some May Day references recently. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, this is that's really interesting because just like Chance said, uh, you know, Rachel and I have been um she she made an an amazing discovery. I uh I was digging in on the 
you know, some of Chance's work with Dylan Sococio and the four Royal Stars uh, and the Wheel of Fortune card. And uh, in my research, I found out that uh, Four Mile Halt is, uh, it's, it, it's it parallaxed completely out of its own original constellation. And it's like shifted across the Zodiac. And she discovered that the other three royal stars have experienced profound parallax. And they're, all of them are in uh, new signs right now. And so theoretically, we should not be using these out-of-date 1909 tarot decks. And there should be some updates to the symbolism. So I think there's a lot of power in shaking out the Hierophant, seeing what's in his pockets, and maybe restocking him with some more modern, more accurate uh, divinatory capacities. Is that maybe how so. the heart of the lion became the cat's asshole? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's not, yeah, she says it's uh, that Regulus has shifted all the way into Virgo at this point. And I've been trying to pull it up in my Stellarium, but I don't, Stellarium is off, is off center. I point it right at a star and it's almost 30 degrees off. That's the, the Stellarium's the app, that yeah. Starfinder app. Yeah. Yep, yep. And it's good because, you know, I can get oriented to the sky generally, but when I literally look at the stars and try to overlap it with Stellarium, it's not synced up. Something's something's uh, not right in the uh, in the database. Hmm. I use I used to use that in, in when I'd go camping, and it seemed to. But it's been a long time since I've used that. But yeah. it would work. I don't remember how close it was. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't precise though, for sure. It never was. Right. Now, it it, it's, it's very difficult to get this stuff configured exactly on Android. The app is called Sky Map. And it'll ask for your GPS location. And then it'll have you do this like calibration. You can kind of see in the video where I'm like doing this figure eight Lemniscati sort of motion with my GPS to get everything configured. And then still you'll be like, I'm holding it up in the sky. And oh, wait, the other option, I have to make sure that it's telling the application to look at the sky now. So you might have to time travel to now and not the next full moon or the next period of time so make sure it's set to now and make sure it's yeah you'll hear that sound and then you'll have to configure your gps and you got to play with it and you gotta you really got to get to know it and then compare it to stellarium and then compare it to what you see in the actual sky because this is just this is just a sky map it's not a real-time radar of space weather. It's not a real-time uh-huh. sky clock reader. It's just a static sky map with an algorithm programmed by programmers. What, what did you say it was again? What app? Sky Map on Android. Oh, okay. I've got Starwalk on my iPhone, which is pretty kick-ass. Starwalk 2, actually, I use. Hey, this is this is pretty cool. Uh, Chance, you're, uh, I'll uh, put this article in the chat chats, but you're talking about gifting. And I was talking about so much of the 
I mean, I'm always talking about how the desert is completely changing. My wife just sent me this article. Hundred, God damn it, I did that thing. Turn off that silly thing, unless you're trying to hide <laughs> important, like, uh, you know, drug it's, operation or something. And why people are looking at <laughs> junk. We don't care about you. We want to see your door. junk. We okay. want the real Gordy. Okay. It's a, I'll put this article in the, in the chat. It's. Hundreds of three, hundreds of three-eyed dinosaurs, dinosaur shrimp, emerge after uh, Arizona mushroom. Is that like jumbo shrimp? They're they're like treops monsoon. They're treops. You guys know what treops are? They're those three little ops, uh, three optical. Yeah, yeah. Tri-op. Whoa, that's some alien-looking shit right there. They look that like They look like tiny little. Um, Mm, uh, horseshoe shrimp, horseshoe shrimp, horseshoe shrimp, horseshoe crab. Horseshoe crab. Let's get a picture of that on the big screen. Let's Are they living that. right now? They're not. Uh, yeah, they're awesome. finding them all over the the desert. Yeah. What? So the, See, I wonder in, if this whole gifting caper will maybe shed some light on the idea of life being a frequency, mm-hmm. and that when a frequency mm. is matched, that certain life forms emerge, and that extinction is a myth. And that we've actually just lost the frequency for a certain level of proliferation and multiplicity of life. Mm. Just like they used to say, if you leave out, you know, rotten meat, that the maggots will appear out of thin air. Maybe there's something to that. I'm, I wouldn't put it past the reality to work that way. It's a hologram. Anyway. Share that link right away. I'm putting it in. I want to the... screen share it big so we can look at this alien. Yep. I just put it in the telegram chat. Chance will grab that screen share it. I, I like your theory. I like your theory there, Chance. It makes me think of uh, summoning the Titans. Oh, oh man! <laughs> yep, we're all we're sharing space with everything right now. It's just a, what we've our vibrational match to perceive. That's why we probably shouldn't set off bombs in the desert, just because <laughs> it looks like there's nothing there. I'll put it in the. There we go. Okay. There's Link something there. in the desert. But yeah, they there and so I saw this a couple those triops um, about a month ago because the monsoons were still there was still a lot of water. They're still running water in Bisbee. Um, I mean, it's like stuff that never ran before that I'd ever seen, but all the regular rivers are still kind of running. It's ridiculous. So you know where my mind's going with this thought right now? That looks a little bit like a baby sandworm from the movie Dune or from Frank Herbert's novel Dune. Or even reminiscent of a, the male reproductive fluid under a microscope. Wow. They're beautiful. Yeah, zoom in on that. Let's make that real big. And terrifying. Makes what me is think that of, doing uh, walking around in the desert? That looks like a sea creature. That bug that they put in your ear in Star Trek, the movie. Oh, you know? yeah. The earworm thing that they put inside yeah. of uh, Chekhov's Rapid, ear. Yeah. Con. And Con. God! So that that's a hard shell. It's an exoskeleton. What is that? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it also exoskeleton. looks like the the parasite from the Matrix from yeah. before it pops open. Yeah. So were these things unknown before this? No, you can actually um, you can buy triops um, as kind of a sea monkey thing because the the eggs will stay for for decades before they um, before they hatch and wow. it's kind of like a 17 year locust or something like that but these eggs can stay in the soil and not hatch until that has enough enough water like this year we had um, a lot of red velvet mites I like and, the bifurcated tail. Yeah, it looks like looks like uh, Colossus's arm, right? Like how three he had three eyes. Yeah, you have three eyes. Three, have three eyes. eyes. I thought that was just a uh, like a name because it looked like they had three eyes. They actually, no, they, they actually do have three eyes. Yeah. Wonder what's in um, dark crystal too. It's almost like an egg shape with something emerging at the top. I wonder what spectrum they see with that third eye, or I guess there are other two also. When you think about it, this connects to a lot of stuff we've been talking about symbolically. Even that card I pulled with the egg, with the being coming out of the egg is number three of the I Ching. Wow. Triops is Greek for three eyes. Yeah, like Cyclops, but yeah, triops. Let me see if I can find it. Sounds like triage, where you go to have your organs harvested. (laughs) 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 Bring it back around. No hanging chad unturned. (laughs) Tell me when to bring it down. I'm just staring at this bad boy. (laughs) Man, that is so fascinating. And that little, you know, the split on its tail is it's I don't, I just, it's, it's so fascinating. What function could that serve, that split? Whoa. You know, it looks like a lure on the, that you would use for fishing. I'm going to put the, uh, the Wikipedia page for the tree ops oh. in there too, because it I talks about. It, I wonder if it's related to earwigs. Uh-huh. You know how they got that, the, the pincer like- on their butt? Mm-hmm. Right. Males and females typically pair up to mate by sexual reproduction, but in times of scarcity, they have other means. These crustaceans are also hermaphrodites, meaning they have both male and female sex organs, and parthenogenetic, meaning females can produce offspring from unfertilized eggs. Well, think about what it means that it's got three eyes instead of two. It's not a pair of sites. Yeah, it is a, it's got a th- third eye. It's got the eye single or the balanced. What is up? Like, and it's it's definitely the hermaphroditic Hermes Mercury. Is this the symbol of that energy or the, the balance here in Libra season returning to our realm? Because it feels like there could be something like that going on, and the, this is the external dream trying to give us the sign that we're. We're changing things. This feels a little baphometic to me. Yeah, man. The tree ops is in maybe three options, sexually speaking. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm. Or it's like instead of yes, no, true, false, maybe. 
<laughs> We've got maybe in there now. So are these amphibious too? They can live underwater and on land? Or do they only breathe air? I see photos of them underwater. No, they're under they're they're aquatic. Um so are they just dying out in the desert when they run out of aqua? Yeah, it's they're just I think one of those species we and we've got a lot of them. There's certain toads and things that that they, you know, when the monsoons hit heavy, they all rush out and mate and die. And they mate, they lay eggs lay and die eggs. like really quick. And they're probably mm-hmm. one of those they're one of those species. And the they eggs only just get sit about for the years, huh? Underneath. Yeah, and their eggs just sit for can sit for decades. That's so crazy. Yeah, I see they're only like a few centimeters long, like six, six, five and a half centimeters long, including their tail mm-hmm. hairs. So the triops eggs enter a state of extended diapause when dry and will tolerate temperatures up to 98 degrees centigrade 208 degrees fahrenheit for 16 hours so these are kind of like tardigrades or something um whereas the adult cannot survive temperatures of 34 degrees centigrade 93 degrees fahrenheit for 24 hours so anyway they seem kind of okay if they're not broken in the soil they'll they will last i don't know how long Forever, I guess. If they're not, if the eggs aren't actually broken in the in the soil, so kangaroos can do that. If there's not enough water or food around, they can pause gestation. They can turn off the one. Wow. If there's a, if they have a joey in the you know in the oven, they can pause the entire process until the water and food comes back. Chance, wow. are there more photos of this? Yeah, I'll uh, look around. I'm actually, but let's maybe someone else look for a second because I'm actually going to go off camera and make some tea. But I'll be in the. I'll be listening. Perfect. There'll be two of me because I'm going to join this on my phone so that I'm in real time listening to you guys. Here we go on Amazon. You could buy a kit of triops. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, they're like sea monkeys. Maybe they're more like gremlins. You bring them home, you put some water on them, and then you got a house full of tree hops. <laughs> Are there any dangers to breeding tree hops at home? Yes, don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> Keep them in the water. See, that's when you get in trouble. You take them out of the water, then they start causing havoc. They want to dress and drag and shit, and, and you get gremlins too. Apparently, they're they're kind of cool. So, so green is the top, and red is the underside of these things. Wow! Yeah, keep sharing those photos to the Telegram, and we can really get into looking at all the details of these. Yeah, because you can really see tiny the, creatures. The third, oh, here's this. This is great. I'm going to share this one. Wow. 
We have a second chance. Mm. Okay, so I just I just dropped a photo in the Telegram group. It's like, <laughs> so I, I dropped a a picture in the Telegram group where it shows the third eye real close, and it looks like a you know a scowling scowling eyes with a another eye right in the center. I don't know if you guys could see that. Yeah, can, can I screen share this? This is better than any Michael Crichton novel I never read. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read uh, Andromeda Strain? Anybody? No. Mm-hmm. I always I kept thinking of Andromeda Strain when when like COVID first hit mm-hmm. because of the whole virus thing and how some the the one guy in the book was some old timer weirdo who used to eat sterno and eating the sterno would make your blood acidic and it just reminded me of you know that something from the pet store or you know some weirdo that's eating horse cream like <laughs> it comes up with the uh, cure for a disease, a mysterious disease that just shows up out of nowhere, yeah, falling from space. Yeah, I, I know you don't want to have an acidic system. That's where all the uh, like cancer and stuff love that topography, acidic. Your body wants to be basic. Basically. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, sometimes I get, if I eat crappy food, I'll get like heartburn and, you know, eating an apple will kill the heartburn because of the, the basicness of the apple. Or if I have a sip of pickle juice or something, that helps too. Do you guys want to take a close look at the toxoplasmosis chart from a parasitology book? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can bring that up here. Are you seeing the picture now? Seeing your uh, screen. Yep. Do you see the... Might have to take it off a full screen. Okay. I'll figure this out yet. Yeah, so Gabe, I sent you that textbook, I think, right? The um, parasitology textbook. I said, hey, check this out. This is what they're teaching in college here. Mm Mm-hmm. So does it list all the animals that they believe toxoplasmosis live in? I've been wondering if it's more than just cats and uh, swine. Yeah. Yeah. Am I sharing my screen? Okay. Yeah. So here's the the image. I think I can zoom in a little bit. Birds too, huh? Yeah. So it starts with our cat here who's eating a mouse. And after eating the mouse, digesting the mouse, 
And within the digested material is a zoomed in image here of what's going on on the micro level. Egg cells. Mm -hmm. So it, it bonds, binds to the cat's intestines and where the eggs form. Is that what's going on here? This is the image without any text on it. So we'll just kind of mm -hmm. look at this first. And I think I can go to the next image. And then the pregnant girl eats the, the cat poop. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> so we have the cat eats the mouse and then defecates so, in the cattle area and the cow somehow gets gets um into that feasting frenzy eating some of the droppings maybe on within the grain within the grass um and then yeah and then gases out in the pregnant woman's face pretty <laughs> much what pretty is, much it's those uh, why do we have a random bird there too like it's just bird we have bird well, this is this is this is the coloring sheet, so you can print this out at home and, and color it in however you like. I'll show you the image from the textbook with the text on it, and that'll explain it further. We should do a coloring contest. Okay. Oh yeah! Let's oh my it. gosh! I'm up so, for it. Alan, did you see my response when you said to me? I I sent you a picture of Neo when he wakes up in the pod. And yes. looks around and sees all the other pods. Yes. And I couldn't help it, you know, seeing those cells spreading to the next one, spreading to the next one. And the fact that, you know, virology is central to Agent Smith's worldview. Uh, I just think it's very uh, kind of a trippy, you know, toxoplasmosis comes up in the matrix in more ways every time I think about it in four or five different ways it's a strange toxo metaphor going on in that movie yeah we're not making this up for fun guys this is this is from an actual textbook yeah. this is a chapter eight it says and they're covering toxoplasmosis definitive hosts domestic and wild cats Yep. So within the stomach of the cat, we have Shizogony. Infections. Yep. The bradyozoite infects cell forms trophozoites and undergoes schizogen, schizogen, schizogony. Yeah, there's a splitting here of a, of a cell. Yep. Release in the intestines. And there's some fertilization happening. And this is the, the cat is the host inside the, in, the intestines are the host for this process, passing it through the, the feces. Yep. And it matures. An intermediate host is an animal, a wild animal, a domestic animal, or a human animal. And then it goes into the matrix. 
the, the mother's mother. womb. Yes. The, the womb of the mother is the matrix. And here we go with the placenta stuff again, guys. It just, it always goes back to that in the most mind-boggling way. So some of the effects of toxoplasmosis, they have gone way deep on the research, but, you know, schizophrenia, gender dysphoria, increased risk-taking behavior, and um, also indiscriminate eroticism, like just the rampant desire to get it on with whatever. Ah, that's what the that guy that married the Ferris wheel was, huh? Man, the, 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 the possibilities, the yeah, the possibilities are endless. Think of a weaponized grade derivative, weaponized, like, you know, highly, highly cultivated. And think of what a boondoggle it would be to the black male market. You could hit somebody with this in their whatever, in their wine, and then you put them in a room with with anybody that they shouldn't be with and then record it, and you got them in your pocket. Happens to every politician out there. Right. And then think about putting it in the chemtrails and getting the whole population to line up to get poked. Mm. You know? Even the desire to be penetrated is built into the mind control potential of this thing. It's amazing. It's just amazing. And they and they throw it in the matrix five ways from Friday. So it do seems you almost like a vampire disease, sort of. You know, there's a host, and then you can be a host and a victim of it. Just an idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were you saying, Gordon? Oh, um, did you have you guys seen? You've seen Fire in the Sky, right? The the yeah. pod that he he uh, yeah escapes from was really yeah. similar to the Matrix, and I I haven't gone back to look at that because I'm sure Fire in the Sky came out first, right? Yeah, but you're right. He, I heard that yeah. his real his actual story was a lot different than the way the movie ended. And yeah, added, added all that pod stuff in. Yes, exactly that was added in. In, his, in his I got experience. one for you guys that I was thinking while I was off making my tea. Who's seen Anchorman with Ron Burgundy? It's there's been a, a while. There's a scene when Ron Burgundy goes through his dark night of the soul before he rises to become the hero of the film, before he's initiated into his higher calling, where he goes to a, a restaurant and he's served a plate of cat shit and he must eat the cat poop. No she will way. eat the cat poop. This is what Fred Armistice says to him. He says, I won't, I won't eat the cat shit. And then he eventually does eat the cat shit. And not long after that, he becomes accepted into the high society again and is the, he's the shit. No kidding. That's an Anchorman? Wow. I don't remember yeah, he that. He cat shit. A plate of cat shit at a fancy restaurant. And it's a big joke. Wow. Wow. What? How did I forget that? 
I don't know. It just popped in my head while you guys were talking about it in the Matrix. I was like, do we want to reenact reenact the scene? I have it here. I have the script. Who wants (laughs) to play Tino? And who wants to play Ron Burgundy? I'll be Ron Burgundy. Do you see the script? <laughs> who wants to play Tino and who wants to play Ron Burgundy? It's in Telegram. I can play Tino because I'm reading it. Who's going to play Ron Burgundy? Okay, I get the script. <laughs> it's in the okay. Telegram. I will yeah. not eat that. Okay. I okay. Agree. I am Tino, you're Ron Burgundy. Gordon. Who else we got? Okay. Is it just us two? It's just us two, yes. Okay. Tino says, hmm, okay, begin the scene. You eat that for the way you talk about my city. I will not eat that. You are going to eat that cat poop. I will not eat cat poop. You will eat cat poop. Uh, no. No, no, Ron make Burgundy a fool says of no, me. he refers to himself oh, in third Ron person. Oh, Ron Burgundy, <laughs> right, 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 he refers to himself in third person. Try it so, again. Ron Burgundy says no. You make a fool of me and everyone in here. You put that cat poop in your mouth. No. Yes. No. Yes. That's See? not what it says. <laughs> I will not eat cat poop. You will do it immediately. No. You will. Fine. I'll try to eat. Uh, my thing is too small here. Fine. I'll try to eat. If I take one bite, will you leave me, leave me a steak? If I take one bite of shit, will you bring me a steak? <laughs> okay, Cypher, I'll think about it. Huh. Cypher, wow, the real? link. This, yeah, whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah, Matrix again. So that's weird. Rachel just put a uh, clip from SNL. Oh, no. A feline feces. Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, the, the litter critters. Oh, yeah, this was this. this is the comedy sketch encouraging children to play with kitty litter and form them into interesting figures, almost oh, playing right. Play-Doh what? games. Right. The litter critters commercial. This. Yeah. Can we play this thing? Turn and Step Brothers. <laughs> Another Will Ferrell film was Will Ferrell a SNL yeah. cast member mm-hmm. too. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. I love Fair how weird we are. This is great. We we will do more um, read-alongs as they are suggested <laughs> and relevant. Okay, they have to be relevant to the conversation in some meaningful way, and then perhaps we will not rehearse them and we'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> That's incredible. Ron Burgundy, cat poop, litter critters, feline feces, Saturday Night Live. The tangled web we weave. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's that's the potty comedy we got to work with here. That's the state of culture. It all started with Adam Sandler and Happy Gilmore. I was shocked. Oh, that stuff is garbage. Is it cat poop with Adam Sandler too? Could be, but man, the Jew comedy. Did I say that? I mean, (laughs) it's just... Andy D says this is our litter a tour. (laughs) Litter a tour. Wow. 
And you know what else? You know what a litter is? Bunch of kittens. Besides that, whenever you see royalty being carried in a, a throne that has slaves oh, no. holding the the pegs, and it takes like four or eight guys to carry their big chariot that is powered by slaves, you know, that that chair that the slaves carry that has like the veil and the throne that the queen or the king yeah. rides in is called a litter. Oh Whoa. my goodness. And it oh, you know be a good film so the for litter, you. Uh, the litter carries the royalty, and you have kitty yeah. litter. What do you think? Yeah, man, and it lifts them up. What do you it think? Puts them above that's amazing. They have the immunity to the toxoplasmosis. The secret to Rh negative blood. I got that's it. All it is. <laughs> Man, so anyway, so mic drop. <laughs> Litter. What yeah, if time we'll uh, treat that for ivermectin because it kills parasites? Right. Yeah. Right. A- according to uh, certain doctors, you know, I'll try to get that link that in the show notes. I'm still on Litter a tour. That's amazing. You tour around and, on your litter. Uh huh. As you profess the dogma that will go into writing as your decrees. Man, I got a scene from Caligula in my head. I watched that the other day because it's a documentary and it's, uh, uh-huh. I forget what queen it is. And all the guys are just standing around jerking off and fucking plates. And she's grabbing the semen and putting it all over her face. It's like, <laughs> I promise you that's Pelosi when she gets home. <laughs> i'm not kidding that's what these people are it's been the same thing forever what what was the name of the movie you're referencing caligula. it's larry Clint's caligula it's got a oh. malcolm mcdowell starts off right off the bat man it's caligula gnarly. yep uh-huh. gotcha yeah and uh you mentioned fire in the sky earlier that's a 1993 movie based off of the life of Travis Walton, who in 1975 was working in a forest, was driving home, saw a mysterious light, and was abducted by a flying saucer. My labs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that in Arizona? What state was that? It was in Arizona. It was in military cattle mutilations. Mm-hmm. It was up by um, Flagstaff in a town actually south. It's called Snowflake which it's not named after Snowflake. Uh, Snowflake is two men named Snow and Flake. What? <laughs> Interesting. Um, in his original story, or his, his actual story, he was out in the woods and saw this craft, and he jumped out of the pickup and ran up to it, and he got shocked. Like, he either touched it or got too close to it, and it shocked him and knocked him on the ground, and his friends got scared and drove away. And apparently he was related to them somehow he said they were like tall nordics with six fingers or something and they because of who he was and his genes they had to take him into the ship and heal him and bring him back to life and then return him and it took a few days for him to be healed by whatever it was that they did to him and he had some memories of it and they took him back and dropped him off somewhere else in the woods and he wandered back home i think he was naked mm-hmm. and told everybody the story but they were uh 
they were tall Nordic aliens with six fingers. Was the that's, the how, that's how what's his name's uh God, who's that guy from um Snyder? Phil Snyder talked about the six finger guy from Venus. Uh, Valerian, or what was his name? Yeah, you know? Thor. Thor, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they don't seem yeah. they're not aliens. They're, I mean, if you can get past the whole alien thing and no one leaves lower Earth orbit, you can really get rooted and grounded again and realize, oh, it's just a breakaway civilization. You know, they, they, so Valiant, Valiant Valiant Thor. Thor. Thank you. They're outside mm-hmm. the reset, they're just watching and stuff. Participate and they made it, you know, could even be like what's his name when he talks about the rings and this cosmic egg that, um, English gentleman, he's Indian. Mm-hmm. Does anyone recall that when he came out with that? The cosmology, so I don't know. I'd be curious about that if you can dig it up because uh, cosmic egg's my jam, but I haven't I seen did. a lot of research on it. I basically got exposed to the idea a couple of years back and then. It just keeps unlocking connections in my mind as I hold that as a possibility for the realm. Well, the whole torsion thing. Yeah, the whole the whole torsion ring thing completely makes sense. If we're if the earth is torsion, Taurus, generative principle, the egg, the reproductive Mm -hmm. system, Taurus. You do that qigong, you can feel that energy field like kind of going through doing that in and out at the same time. That's the ancestral well. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, right. That well is right here, man. Reciprocating right here. I, it's a. Never mind. I forgot. It's a. <laughs> it's a. Going back and forth, and it's turning, and it's uh It's a reciprocating. Uh, shoot, I forget. It's uh what a. What electromagnetic field does in a magnet? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, what's his name? Yeah, Ken. Ken Wheeler. Yeah, he came out. Wheeler. He came out like five, six years ago. I remember he had like a thousand subs, and I was just researching um, fishing magnets and neodyme powered magnets, and he came up and he was doing those experiments and stuff, and it connected with uh, yeah the Taurus field. He was using that created that little. Uh, glass piece where you could actually see the fields but uh that unlocked a bunch and then what's the name came out with his cosmic egg theory and there's another guy who was showing that the taurus with the mathematical whatever oh it's um i'll find it um yeah did you mention uh, norbs i got distracted by email then channel Nor- norbs world this guy did a really artistic 3d graphic uh, animation of the cosmic egg concept and it really helps to see the clock aspect and the the way the oscillations work and so i'll drop a link to that because it's my favorite i mean maybe it's not all 100 percent accurate this is all speculative and really interesting but i like that particular video for an introduction to the concept that has the visual component really aesthetically pleasing and informative so I'm going to look that up and put it in chat and I'll put it in the telegram because I've been dropping links in chat, but not in telegram. And to be honest, telegram's a better record of our information. I mean, it's not even, I don't care if it's true or not. It feels good. I feel good when mm-hmm. I, it doesn't have to be mouth. literally true to be esoterically accurate. 
Yeah, it feels it's right. an internal. Wow. It's an, like truth is internal. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, it fe- it feels right. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I, public school. I think it was around like sixth, seventh grade. I was like, yeah, we're gonna learn some science and stuff. I was really excited. And they put me in those classrooms, and I got the opposite effect. It felt empty. I felt not like nothing. It was horrible. You know. So, and to counter that, I mean, if it feels good, go with it. It just doesn't. Yeah. Well, your intuition is your is your greatest guide throughout all of life. Like it's it's your most accurate tool is your inter- intuition. That's what's going to keep you safe. Yeah, I'm, it's a pr- processional reciprocating hyperboloid. Awesome. Say it again. Thanks, SB, for the clutch. It's Thank a processional you, reciprocating hyperboloid. I'm pretty sure. Or donut. Or donut. And it talk about the Taurus field, right? And the mathematical. It's a three six nine kind of deal. <clears throat> wow. Pro- processional reciprocating hyperboloid. <laughs> Poetic and prosaic. That's how you know the ring of truth if it's both of those at once. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Proof Man. I can multitask and do a live stream right there. Put it together. <laughs> yeah, we're keeping busy tonight. Our our uh, minds are just melding with all the technology available at our fingertips. Putting this together live. Where are we in this conversation? And does anyone want to try and describe <laughs> what the territory looks like right now? I think we're, I think we are drifting further and further away from fifty-two. Well, 52. we wouldn't be us if we had a map. Fifty-two. If we, yeah. if, if stuff was mapped out, it wouldn't work the same. We gotta knock the cards that over and play fifty-two card pickup. That's exactly <laughs> right, and re restructure it. Re, we do the rules. There are no rules. We we write the rules. That's right. We just shook the hierophant and all the whole deck just fell on the ground there. That's right. That was the first card that was ever drawn for me by my first tarot reading was a hierophant. Nice. Interesting. I asked the and I, she told me and I just bawled. Wow. It was really awkward, but it turned out to be a beautiful reading in the end. I have no heady family members. I'm trailblazer up in here they're all just regular normie vanilla white anglo-saxon protestants yeah buddy i'm with you chance you gotta it takes one to be a black sheep yeah and then indoctrinate the rest of us (laughs) yeah the key is to just oh my god cat attack he is to, <laughs> it's a catastrophe. Was Peregrine took. Yeah, the key is to be so radically healthy and crushing at life that then they're like, wait, so you think this, but you're doing so well. And instead of trying to convince them with anything informational, just convince them with your vibe. Yeah, man. Yep. That's mm. great. great. Prove it by your deeds. Show it by your show your love by your deeds. Yeah, if you live in truth, there will be evidence of that in the way your life follows mm-hmm. you can't transmit yep. something you ain't got 
So go and get it. I was talking to my dad yesterday about uh, just surface level Jerry Marzinski stuff. Just skimming the surface with him. And he did, uh, and he's worked with, uh, in the psychology uh, field before, he's worked with schizophrenics. But he does this funny thing where he's like, kind of does the, the, um, the masturbatory gesture, like, you know, that's mental masturbation. And I'm just sit there and I'm biting my tongue because he's a sports enthusiast. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Almost. Whatever. Yep. Yep. Where is it? Darn it. What are your thoughts on, on sports? Your, your family members that still watch sports. I don't Dude, they got players coming out and telling you it's rigged now on like, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I did that a while ago. <laughs> like, why? you got my buddy Derek Jamatronator proving it's rigged, or even that kind of douchebaggy Zach Hubbard guy proving it's rigged for ages. Yep. By the numbers, it's all by the numbers. Dude, I remember sure my so my stepdad was a a college uh, coach, and he was like a minor league player in the '60s a minor league baseball player in the sixties and like played for like Cubs farm teams and stuff like this. But I remember as a kid, my stepdad going, Oh yeah, they're, they're going to call this to make it go into overtime or something. And they would, and he'd be calling the games as, as we're watching it, what the, what the umpires and the refs would do during football games and baseball games. And they would do it. I'm like, Oh, this is all rigged. He's like, yeah, it's for gambling. That's what professional yep. sports are for, gambling. Money laundering. Mm-hmm. Money laundering. Money laundering. Yeah. And you know what? You really brought some interesting things to my attention, why the money laundering is so important. What money are they laundering? Are they still plundering? Are the pirates still going through our treasure chest of infinite wealth? Yes, sir. Yes, Don't they sure are. As they totally break our will, our our biofields treasure chest, our solar plexus, dimming our sun in the external, and it's it connects to so many things. It's not even yellow anymore. What's going on? I watched Highlander two. Like I'm in my computer. I'm just putting on old movies, and I'm like, Jesus! It starts off. They they shielded. They blocked the sun out because of the holes and the ozone layers and all that stuff. This is like 1991. The Matrix, anyone? Mm. it's to be living a dystopian Hollywood movie it's weird or a Blade Runner uh, the the reboot of Blade Runner the, the sun had gone dark or something for a period of time I think Dude, I can't live without the sun sorry I ain't doing nope. it can't did we all get sun on our balls this week at any point <laughs> No, I got Wait, one day today. It's one day, been a tit bit chilly outside lately, and it's sort of that adjusting of the temperatures and the barometric pressure, and it's sort of like you wear a sweater, you wear layers. It's a little bit too hot, a little bit too cold inside and outside, and you're just trying to find that equilibrium a bit. It's, it's I don't time of the year. Wim Hof's on his balls up in the Antarctic. <laughs> <laughs> Does he ice his balls? Keeps them cool. 
<laughs> Has anybody ever done that? What? Done what? Like the the uh, polar bear plunge or anything like that? No, but I'm getting that oh, cold water in the shower as much as I can. It's, t- it's tough. It is hard. I fell in the ice one time when I was a kid, but yep. that was... That was scary because your lungs just go. Yeah. You know, I was thinking do that? someone in chat just asked about do chemtrails make the sun appear white? But as a, as a digital artist, graphic designer interested in photo editing, you find out that there's a color grading spectrum that goes from blue to yellow. Mm-hmm. And as you add blue, you lose yellow. And blue, traditionally, is the pole of femininity. Femininity. They inverted that by making little boys' clothes and toys blue and giving the girls pink. But in a more accurate representation of chakras, it would actually be the other way around. And so we see, obviously, the hyper-feminization of society in an in a inverse and negative way, making everyone receptive and malleable and supportive of evil. Not that feminine is evil, but I hope you guys all get what I'm getting at here. It's, uh, why is what communism is. <laughs> and right. so could there be an aspect of that dynamic that is aided? The agenda is more easily brought to fruition by finding a way to tint the solar rays to be more towards the blue Blue light, blue light. I'm wearing blue light blockers. I wear blue light blockers even outside in the sunlight, and I notice that it helps. It turns my sunlight yellow. So I don't know. Really? Yeah, it does. Hmm. The reason why the sun is white is because blue is added to it. I mean, on a physics level. Yeah, I did get a chance. I totally dig that. You guys, uh, has everybody heard that blue is the most recent color added to the color spectrum? No. And that ancient writing yeah. had no, they had no account of the color blue. They didn't describe they called the water. They the sea wine dark, the, you know, the wine dark yeah. sea in the Iliad and, and poems like that, where their language yeah. was highly descriptive and poetic. So if they had blue, they would say so. But and it was the color of of the yeah. Wait a second, yeah. because I watched that documentary about uh, this is years ago, and I, no one caught it. Some people didn't, I guess, but it was about the terracotta warriors, and oh, they were, yes, they're yes. doing the paint mm-hmm. on their mm-hmm. face, and they found that indigo blue that was Egyptian. It, it, what it was is they claimed that this made warriors invisible. You could see it in Braveheart. And this, this woman takes it for a spectral analysis and she uses a, a, a high-powered magnet, like the most powerful magnet in the world to try and get a spectral thing. And it disappeared. It went into a different dimension. It dropped into the second dimension out of the third. That is the most Maybe. profound thing I've ever Please. heard of. Me too. And you I was know, like, what? I'm glad you brought that up. Can we repeat uh, that? I didn't, I didn't grasp that. Yeah, say it again. So... um. There's a, was it 2015, 16, the Terracotta Warriors. So that's the, the Z Temple in China. And in front of it, they claim that, you know, a farmer found them, whatever. So they're excavating all these. Um, and they're, it's a nice long documentary. 
but a small part of it is that they're, uh, you know, they're like, oh, it's still got the paint on it and everything like that. It's not the true colors. They were trying to discover the actual true color and what it was made of. And I still don't know. I think they do. But anyhow, <clears throat> you know, I've heard this tale before. There was a blue, like, indigo type of paint. Warriors, like, the Germanics would just be naked and paint themselves in this blue and they'd be invisible. Yeah. Well, the Terracotta Waters uh, soldiers had this blue and it made me made that connection was when uh, the lady archaeologist whatever wanted to do a spectral analysis and she went to a, one of the world's largest magnets to have it done something and they're like it just disappeared it went to another dimension we we're able to prove that it went to another or something like that does this explain to- our triops appearing out of nowhere out of the blue they call it out of the blue oh, damn. you know that yeah Great. that may be and then, I'm really glad you brought this up because I, I meant to bring the up the terracotta warriors before um, when we watched the Gullum because there there was there's a connection with with um, the terracotta warriors being because um, they're clay blue people bloods. they're Just clay people yeah blue yeah. bloods there you go yes you're That's right good. Gordy they they did a they uh, analyzed every ear of all the statues and they're absolutely um, statistically impossible that they are artistic renditions it is very likely that those are people turned to stone shit so did we sell our soul to the devil to learn to play the blues <laughs> at the crossroads yeah, it, I, mean, I just yeah. it's blowing my mind right now actually there's yep. so many connections and check this out and here we go with crossing the river sticks mercury uh hades uh, underworld check this out that temple the z temple where the terracotta warriors are there is a river of mercury, mercury. surround surrounding the entire uh whatever the temple a river of mercury so um, some sort what? of high-grade alchemical process was being Im- implemented in those fools. They got turned to stone, y'all. Wow. You know, that's interesting, too. The, the, um, those uh, temples in South America that where they played the, uh, the head ball, they played the ball with the heads, kind of like it's like a basketball thing with hoops on the ends, sides of the of the amphitheater and they would yep. use an enemy's head or somebody's some sacrifice's head i'm trying to think of the the tribe that is but at any rate under in those as well there's a in the center of that um amphitheater there's a well with a stone in the center and that is a is like a, a little almost like a uh, what do you what do you call those things at the at the front of the Catholic church with the holy water, but it was mercury. It was a little pool of mercury in the center of the, of the little temple. Do you know how hard hard it is to, to catch mercury and to find mercury? I mean, it's, it's, it exists in rivers in tiny, small amounts, but it's work to get it all together. I've never even looked into where the heck it comes from. How do you get it? You have to like kind of catch it. Like it, you can see it in rivers. It looks like a little bubble. It floats down the river. It gets caught up in the rivers and stuff like that. So you have wow. to, 
it's a process and to be able to get rivers of mercury or pools and pools of mercury that's probably thousands of years worth of work a I mean, jar that's... full of it court jar stole yeah. it what is going on <laughs> this is blowing my mind like what time. are we into right now <laughs> and so here's here's another just an interesting add-on the when the serpent was condemned after the uh eve ate the apple he was cursed with um his head will bruise her heel and that's astrological very likely but also when people use mercury to heal it um the processing bruises the head it causes psychosis hmm. not unlike prions and encephalitis of the brain apparently mercury really trickster for sure it was effective when they did it right from what I've from what I've heard. I've been having signs and synchronicities and inner communications from what feels like the the being you would call Hermes or Mercury. Yeah, and the me- like messaging happened internally, like not intrusive thoughts, but like almost downloads or channels. And then I ask myself, like, is that who I'm talking to? And an example was I this happened and I was driving and I was getting this message or download and I ask if that's who I'm talking to and I see a sign on the side of the road like a sign you would have up for an election uh, some candidate where it's just hammered into the ground but it's a temporary sign and it's a, it simply said Orion there was no other language on the sign and then the oh. infinity symbol under it and I went, wait, so that's what I'm, this is real. And the very next thing I saw, and I was out of town, so I wasn't in my normal area. The very next thing I saw was I passed a street that was two, 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 two something. And I went, Lord eight. Okay. And so I don't know what's going on, but it feels like this is a continuation of that, like learning more of the secrets of Hermes and the Hermetics. Hear me. Incredible. You can say that three times. Incredible. So Chance, on Wednesday, we had an Interverse vibe rant happening at the same time Corinne Wilson, core occult priestess, was recording a live show with the Obelisk and the Naish. Have anyone had the opportunity to check that episode out yet? I've been listening to it. No, but Corinne does say that she talks to Hermes. That's why I mention it, yes. And in chat, we got some uh, talk from Krista and Ron of the Sea and others saying, you know, we need to balance our show with female voices. Some women who want to jump into the Zoom room, always welcome. And the invitation is extended. Anybody who has a microphone and a webcam and wants to test that out at any time during the week before a live stream, let us know. Contact us through Telegram or in chat or whatever. Reach out. legs. We'll, Absolutely. We'll, we'll get you, we'll get you on the air. So in the chat, there's also the question of if it's a cure-all, if the poison label is a deterrent from leading us to something that would help us. And the same could be questioned about the so-called radioactive materials, radium in particular. There are stories of the inventor of nuclear power plants 
taking swims in the coolant ponds of water. And I think, uh, I really think that the whole idea of nukes and nuclear is quite twisted and confused uh, on purpose obscured. You know, what, we are, what we're receiving now in the post-nuclear age is a nuclear vision. Yep. I had a relative that up here, I live near the Tri-Cities, and they have this nuclear plant called Hanford. And uh, he was my my grandmother's brother. He worked over there at Hanford for his whole life, and I didn't know a lot about him. But at his funeral, he died just last year. Uh, what, a guy that worked with him came and spoke. And this guy was probably... Um, 25 years younger than him. And he said that he didn't witness it, but at his first day, they told him that my relative was sort of a hero at the Hanford plant because uh, a workman had gone into uh, like, you can go into the, the uh, toxic area and work, but you can only do it for a certain amount of time. And he went in there, the worker did and had like a medical situation and collapsed and my great uncle ran in and hauled him out but he didn't have any protective gear or anything on and uh he was kind of a hero about it but he got you know they didn't think he was going to live very long because of this uh exposure that he had and he Mm. lived into his uh into his 90s wasn't it you gabe that was telling us about the sorcery of convincing someone that something's going to kill them and then it does yeah the nocebo effect that's right yeah recount that might be worth recanting because it could very well apply to this idea of radiation Uh, yeah there was a there was a kid who was uh not very well liked by his schoolmates and so the schoolmates conspired to uh uh put a bag over his head and drag him out in the schoolyard. And they told him they were going to execute him. And they put his head down on a, like a bench or a, like a chopping block. And uh, they threw a cold rag on the back of his neck. And it was so wow. convincing that he, he dropped dead on the spot. And that That's is the nocebo. Yep. And now that makes me think very much about uh, Donald Trump's speech about suicides and how he was, I mean, he said the word suicide like 15, 16 times in a couple minutes. Neuro-linguistic programming? Big time. Bright winner, bright winner, bright winner, bright winner. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah especially if there's a nice dose of toxoplasmosis going through the population, you know, power of suggestion. Has anyone heard uh, jo- Dr. Jennifer Daniels bring up toxoplasmosis or anything by chance? Something I wonder, I'd like to ask her. Oh, um, turpentine therapy. Jim, your thing yeah. reminded me of, I just watched my wife and I just found this document. I'll see if I can find it again, but about the guy the first accident of a superconductor um, happened into our superconductor. You know the what CERN is like one of the 
one of the first a hydron collider hadron collider thank you um one of the first hadron colliders in russia um i can't remember the dude's name but he walked into um an area where this the hadron collider had just split something and and he they were supposed to have the door locked and he accidentally walked in and thought everything was fine. They didn't find out till later that he had had a, a particle sh like shoot through his cheek and then out the back of his head. Didn't seem to affect him until later on when they, they could trace the damage that went through his face. And then like his hair started falling out in the back and his had a, his whole half of his face was, falling apart from radiation. Wow. But we have photons, you know, that go through us all the time. <laughs> this thing, this thing like was the very first. And then it wasn't until they didn't even know how to treat this guy because it was, you know, it's brand new. They didn't know what they were doing still. I think, I think it was the 60s or 70s. It was really early on. And um, it can't be that early. Could it be that early? I don't know. I'll see if we can find it again. Makes but, me think uh, of two things. The Jim and I talking about the orbs coming out of the ground, phasing through matter on Wednesday. Sorry, another cat attack. And then you guys heard of the story of Phineas Gage? Oh, oh yeah. 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 yeah it's very, you know, that that's very similar. It it Because uh, it looked like a spike that... It, shot through his head you know you after when you see the the x-rays you can see like where the thing like went through his brain and everything just like the phineas gauge you know with the the stake that went through his brain kind of like encephalitis which is holes in the brain no, spike no. spike proteins spikes well that's what the railroad spikes is. that's why they call so, it spongiform because your brain becomes porous it's not a it's not a hadron collider. It's a particle accelerator, and they're Thank everywhere. You. I particle demoed accelerator. a particle accelerator that was built in the early seventies, back in two thousand seventeen yeah. or whatever. And uh, they had a nuclear guy from the. There's an actual association or something, and anything that has to do with nuclear, no matter what, they monitor it. Costs a shit ton of money, but uh, you know, we got a card. And then it might like if you change color, they, they were monitoring us every day. A couple months later after the job, they gave me a report on my time there. And if I, my accumulation of radiation during the time. Wow. Well, really? What I'm saying is they're everywhere. This one, they, I think it was fluoride. They, they, they ram fluoride together to make some kind of dye that they would inject in the people when they gave them the test for cancer, it would bond with the cancer tumors and then they can x-ray it and see it. But the big realization for me was how, how these things are everywhere. It was just in a um, regular old industrial park. You never would even know it was there. Yeah. And it's a Petrovich Rogoski. Any place where there's a round uh, construction of a building that there's underground uh, uh, super colliders there's a lot of like like underneath of the uh, apple building you know the apple complex there's a i think there's a super collider because they built it in a, like a donut shape yeah a lot, a lot of uh, top secret places a lot of government 
places mm-hmm. have round. All, it seems like everyone needs one too. It's like, what do you need them for if you're just yeah. testing things? Well, they're manufacturing all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah. You know, you know Michelle Gibson's Michelle Gibson kind of brushes up on this kind of stuff. Her research comes right, right up against this. And you know what it made me think about? I got in a little uh, a conversation with her in her comments once nice. about um, Hey, I got a jet, guys. Hey, thanks for coming, the, buddy. I'll watch the rest right, of this. Good to see you. Also, Michelle's coming good. back next month at Interverse. It's going to be cool. Let me know if there's stuff to talk about with her that she'll prepare. You and, should uh, ask her on here. If you, if you, you should. She's really cool. She responds yeah. really fast. Uh, okay, I'll catch cool. you guys later, though. You will. You rule. This was a fun one. Can't wait to see where you go in the next 10 hours. Love <laughs> <laughs> oh. you, brother. Yeah. Are we close to an intermission time? I don't even know where we're at. What time is it? It's 9.38. So, so I just sent to the Telegram are. group. Sorry. Telegram group. Uh, Anatoly Bogrowski was the name of that particle accelerator accident. Oh, and, nice. and it was in 1978. Okay, so this is amazing. So he's got an aptonym, an apt name, just like Phineas Gage. So Phineas <laughs> Gage had a certain gauge pole go through his head and what was his name again Gordy? Anatoly Burgoski Is it Groski or Ghost? Uh, it is Burgoski Anatoly Burgoski Yeah So and then he had his Groski Yeah that's crazy. So he had his, then his face began to rot and it got gross. Mm. Like, that's, yeah. cool. that's crazy. Aptonyms blow my mind sometimes. They're everywhere. Like Chance. <laughs> Chance has a great right. aptonym, mm-hmm. you know? Wait, aptonym? What's, define that real quick. It means a, a name that, is uh, is it strangely appropriate for your uh, life story or your success wow. in life or the, like the thing you do? Like I know a couple people who their family they are Millers and yeah. Smith Smiths and they all work in the metal industry. Did they create? You get the idea that they get that name because of their trade, but maybe it's the other way around. You get the name it's, and then you get the trade. Yeah, yeah, it's really far out stuff. So I I linked something in the Telegram a few weeks ago. It was quite a while back, but there's a study about people's names, and um, it goes way into aptonyms. But one thing they found out is that people with their names in the tail end of the alphabet they tend to not get. Uh, preferential treatment from the teachers, from the doctors, from insurance companies. They oftentimes, if your name is late in the alphabet, people presume that you're not going to be successful. And so certain biases come into play. And in the exact opposite is true. If your name has a, a 
is use early letters of the alphabet, then you will be successful and people will give you preferential treatment and make the opposite assumption. Or are you defining that word where the definition might be discrimination based off of the location of your first or last name in relation to the alphabet compared to like say alpha or omega? You got it. Yeah. Yep. And what was the word? Well, uh, aptonym is uh, is one way to describe it. It's like an apt right. name. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was a last name of a student who I went to school with, and the last name began with two A's. It was A A S, not A S S. It was A A. S. So always that last name at the top of every list because it's a double A name pronounced like Austin. Mine's AB. Oh, yeah. It's like triple A in the phone book in the yellow pages. Mm-hmm. Are there any like triple Z companies? We want to be the very last listing in the phone book. Well, there's there's triple Z movies. Well, Z Z Z is sleep, right? Z Z Z Z is sleeping. X X X. Yeah, yep, yep. Triple dub for the internet. Trying to think of triple A, triple A for cars. What other? Uh, try to stay away from those two letter acronyms as much as possible. <laughs> Always a good. We we were just speaking can... about occult priestess earlier, and now I see her in chat. Oh, was she in there? Yeah. So we yeah. we were discussing how on Wednesday <laughs> occult priestess was recording live with the obelisk and Nish. At the same time, Jim was recording with Chance on Vibrant on Wednesday night. Oh, what'd you say? Vibrant? Interverse mm-hmm. Vibrant okay. live on Wednesday nights as oh, yeah. Chance was recording with our very own Jim Jim Maiden. So was Occult Priestess recording with the Obelisk and Naish on their live stream. This is the first person I thought of. She's God-loving, not God-fearing. And I was like, whoa, wow, you could do that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's incredible to think that someone who studies these mysteries can be God-loving and family-friendly, a, a very um, inviting atmosphere for everyone, and, and it doesn't have to be like a church potluck, right? So it can be... <laughs> People studying the occult mysteries, working maybe at occult bookstores, and and fostering an atmosphere of inclusivity and welcomeness and um, a certain level of professionalism and respect for everyone. And it doesn't have to be like a you know a church potluck. Yep, that was a big one. Thank you, Corey, for that. And other things. Yeah, that's great. Occult Priestess says she'll be on Vibrant in a couple of weeks. We'd like to have you back on a Saturday night live uh, WSW stream with us, too. Definitely. Come back on anytime. Absolutely.
That was my first interverse. Her and Cor- him, uh, Chance and Corey on Murder Mountain. <laughs> That's like, cool. I still have no idea how I got it on my phone. I, I downloaded it somehow. I have no idea. Hmm. The fates. Wait, yeah, I do. It's called synchronicity, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is she in chat? Where's she at? Let's see. Yeah, she's in there. Right. Yeah. That's why we run our streams long so we can allow people to jump into chat anytime on a Saturday night. So there's two people right now in chat or in that have initiated dreams for me. One of them is Gabe and the other is um, Corey. So when we did our um, episode with Corey, stay up all night, uh, we were talking about your uh, anima and animus. And I, that, I mean, I was doing the work very fascinating. She just unlocked that for me. And I was able to have that dream of who my animus was. It's beautiful. It was my wife. I rolled over and there she was. It was it was amazing. And then Gabe nice. with your uh Philemon video about Carl Young and Spider-Man triggered my uh, how do you describe it? I'm still trying to work that out. But I was convinced I was in purgatory. Like for me, the last summer has been like today's hell, tomorrow is pure heaven. Today's hell, tomorrow's pure heaven. It was it's, it's kind of I don't know, some other people might be having some experience anyway that morning i woke up to your video game and i had to take a nap sleep came over me and i laid down and i had a dream i was in purgatory it was amazing and i woke up it was simply more than a dream so i mean these leaps and bounds just in my own personal work is so deeply connected to you guys in that way and then i guess uh, i was talking to Lindsay about she had a dream about me today and ben Nice. Yeah. Nice. I just wanted to so, share that. Awesome. I want to introduce you guys to this guy. This is Eric Badby. This is my oh, yeah. homie. My homie in Tucson. Boy. <laughs> He's one of the brothers. Is he jumping in? He is. Right on. Can we hear you? Hey, bud. Can I hear you? Sweet. No audio. No audio, but <laughs> but this is this is my Earth brother that goes out to the desert and and uh, convi- communes in? with the uh, yeah. desert animals. Hey guys. Hey buddy. What's up, man? So. How you guys doing? Sweet. Nice to meet you, Gabe, Alan. I know Snake already. No audio. And Jim. Eric, nice to meet you. But this <laughs> Earth brother that goes out to the desert and and uh, can you guys not hear me? Oh, you're gonna have to turn down your uh, turn on the uh, YouTube. Hey guys, yeah. Hey buddy. Yeah. What's up, man? So. How you guys doing? Nice to meet you, Gabe, Alan. I know Snake already. No audio. We'll figure it out here. We're doing this live. It's good to to hear what we've already said again, just to let that really sink in deeper upon reflection. I love listening to you guys talk. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Good one minute lag. Turn down here. Turn down the uh, 
Do you ever listen to two episodes of WSW at the same time? Only when I'm trying to sleep. I can barely listen to one. I can't do another six hours again. It's good to hear. I have to run off to the bathroom, then I'll take my headphones off and I'll listen on my phone. But it's got the delay. So then when I get back, I put my headphones on with one ear and I listen on my phone until it catches up in my head with uh, the live stream. So I do that every time I, I leave for a second. Eric, is that you? Okay, he just, yep, that was him. Okay, well, it might be a, it might be a good time to take a uh, three minute intermission. We'll play the theme song. Oh yeah, let's we, do that. We can split this episode into two parts, and um, maybe maybe have a third part later. I don't know. But, um, yeah, intermission is a good time for. For us right now to end part one of 52. Let's see, we'll be right ready. There it is. Intermission. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> We're doing a little break right now. I apologize to the collective there. Oh, no worries. Yeah, no worries, dude. This is better, right? Yep. Yeah. So, um, Gordy sent me the link tonight and he's like, come on. And I was like, well, <clears throat> I thought to myself, I don't really have anything to offer these guys, right? So uh, I was walking by my tarot deck. I pulled a card and it, it, it just, it was like kind of like a no, like, hey, uh, you know, but it didn't really make sense. So I got you guys on the big screen out there and I'm watching the, the show go and sure as shit, reverse tarot fan. I was like, "What? You just you can't make this shit up, dude." Oh yeah, why am I even surprised? <laughs> That's awesome. Six yeah. about awesome. It's beautiful, hey, ain't it? Nice hat, Eric. Oh, thank you. I like yours. I was like, "Yeah." The first time I saw you, that's my boy Slick right there. I like that. So, <laughs> you guys are working magic, man. It's amazing. I I see it so often, and 
I, you know, it's all, it's all so new to me. It's, it's like exciting. And you know, the secret to magic is just being authentic. Dude, there's it's something it. there. There's something there for, you know, cause like the, the majority of my life, I, I, I didn't see any of this, not at all, not one bit. And now it's, it's everywhere. It's, it's every day. It's outside. It's, it's the earth. It's people. It's amazing. Sometimes you'd be like, okay, slow down a bit. This is intense. And then uh, you're like, yeah, you yeah well, well, it's like, oh, it's a real growing process. Cause at first you don't have any fucking frame of reference reference. You, you don't like, I'm seeing all these messages everywhere, but I don't know what to do with it. You know, yeah. It's, that's kind of what I'm working on now. Oh no, you're bringing back memories, man. And that's what's like. You never like if someone has a story to tell you, and you're fortunate enough to not like, and it sounds crazy as hell. Never discount it. Listen, you might be helping. That's you're helping someone like get that reference point because I realized that my whole life I've been having spiritual experiences and all that stuff, but. Just due to the fact that I don't want to think, you know, God, they labeled me ADD, bipolar, you know, all this stuff. You don't want to say anything to anybody like that and get labeled. So you just kind of, you train yourself to cast out your own spiritual experiences and all these amazing things, you know. And then I think we all go through that process. It's like, no more of that. I'm doing that no more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it's good to actually hear other people's stories, you know listening to Gordon talk about the owls. It's like, yes, you know, just yeah. reminds you of your own. And that's just how it goes. That's how we do this. So we got David Barsky joining the. Barsky. The Is that a Jewish name? Hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Eric, where do you live? Dude, I'm like, I don't know, Gordon, like 25 minutes north of you. Is that right? In Tucson? Mm. I'm in Tucson. Gordon's in Vail. Yeah. Right? No, we're, we're about 20 minutes from the, I'm about 20 minutes from the freeway. Okay. So I'm or, a little sorry. further south. So you're probably like another 20 minutes north of that, right? Yeah. So yeah. 40, 45 minutes or so. Yeah. It's kind of a long stretch. One straight road, though. Yeah, one straight road. So it's amazing uh, you guys get to witness, see the desert come alive like that in this time and everything. It's so dude. cool. So I've lived in this house for nine and some nine years or about that. Mm -hmm. And um, the wash is, is just lush and green and thick. And there's bugs and there's butterflies yep. and there's, um, and, Here's a first is I've got volunteer squash. I've got a volunteer corn in the front yard. Like there wasn't ever volunteers before, unless you're talking about cactus, you know, plants are just starting to sprout up all crazy. It, it's amazing. I've never seen it. What's like a volunteer? What's a volunteer corn? What do you mean? Oh, I, uh, it's like a, a plant that you didn't like get the soil, you cool. planted the ground and started watering. It just fucking started growing out of nowhere. Like a bird seed from overhead drops yeah. or something, you know. I started uh, harvesting mullen. It was one of the first plants, like three years ago, 
And out here where I'm at live now is where I was harvesting it from. And I brought it all the way back to my home back up in St. Louis. And the next spring it was growing everywhere where it wasn't before. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like it was growing out of cracks of like blocks ahead and stuff like that. And I'm like, did this just manifest here? I didn't plant seeds or nothing. So it's volunteer mowing. I just started some some squash today that were volunteers. I got three yellow squash and one uh, green one. I was pretty stoked. Where they at? Like it's just in your backyard? In my garden area, but um, I didn't plant this year. It was just all volunteers, whatever came up. So pretty happy. Awesome. That's Google culture, basically, isn't it? It's the way it should be. Leave some uh, seeds, you know, from the year before. It comes back. I had a couple uh, that rotted and I threw them out there. My last 1500 acres of national forest that I can just cast seeds about. It's a great idea. With glow in the dark mushrooms. Yeah. I was told that they might be a different type of mushroom that I, okay. it's a, a poisonous pumpkin, but I don't know yet. It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that I'm like, these grow here and there are bioluminescent mushrooms. Like, I got to get a black light that works and go back there and then you'll know. <laughs> oh, cool. It's really cool. That's another thing to fungus this year. In the last couple of years, it's just insane. They're everywhere. I'd love to but, find me some more lines, man. I've never ha- had uh, mushrooms in my yard, but I had them this year. You did? Yeah. How about you, Eric? Did you did you see mushrooms in the wash? Yeah, I, I sure did. And, you know, I wish I, I kind of like did my research and tried to find out what it was. And, um, and it was what I found was that I can't remember the name, but it was like edible and it was supposed to taste like a buttery maple type of flavor and they were these white rump mushrooms but that scares the crap out of me i yeah. not nice that sucker up and go to town you know <laughs> <laughs> especially if they haven't been around god it only knows like i was watching a guy uh this is called crime doesn't pay but botany does it's a great youtube channel oh yeah i've you seen that seen but, yeah that that guy is great he does a lot of stuff on wyoming botany and stuff it's really fascinating montana new york all over it yeah yeah he's all tattooed up and everything and mm-hmm. he's cussing Looks like he's and, done some time yeah and he's brilliant and yeah. he was at his last video he did he was at this guy's place and he's just got this twenty thousand dollar microscope and he just loves mushrooms and he was saying he found one mushroom the guy knew what it was and he goes well this is how you test it and for psilocybin and he's like, yeah, it doesn't have psilocybin. He goes, this one does. So, <laughs> and they've never, they've never found mushrooms. Oh, wow. This, yeah. So it's like, what's going on there? It's, I got a Paul Stanley book. It's all about psychedelic mushrooms, but half the mushrooms in it, they don't know if they're psychedelic or not. So he's just like, someone please find out. There's a lot of fakers in the mushroom, the mushroom world. There's a lot of mushrooms that look just like edible mushrooms, but are toxic, poisonous. Turkey yeah. tail. That's that shroom guy. What's up, Mr. Barsky? What's up, trying buddy? Find, trying to find my background here, but I don't want to get, get us in trouble. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a naked lady background? <laughs> oh, a little bit better than that. Um, some, uh, what's his name? Um, 
Reno Reno D. How do you say his name? The the Italian filmmaker. Is it uh, Reno Reno D. Reno Dina. Reno no Reno D. Sil- Silvestro? Never heard of him. Never heard oh, of him. he makes amazing uh, Nazi exploitation films. Uh, what? <laughs> Dead, I'm deadly serious. Now you got to put it up. Yeah. Right, here you go. Come on, there we go. The greatest story never told, huh? That's a good one. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right. Like I love here Hitler. He's great. I'm like wait, no, I don't. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll get in trouble. <laughs> it gets better though. Goes with your glasses too. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I'm drinking uh some eggnog. It's delicious. Yeah, we we have eggnog here at this time of year. Because oh, nice. in in Wisconsin. Hey, do you guys put corn in your mac and cheese? Who who puts corn in their mac and corn? cheese? Is that you corn? Guys? Yeah, that's foul. That's foul, dude. It sounds that's, like something, some Midwest bullshit that they try to pull on. No, I would do that at Thanksgiving, though. No, wait. Yeah, yeah, I did that at Thanksgiving. I think in Alabama they did that. Oh, is that a Southern thing? I feel like it is. Yeah, I feel okay. like that's... Maybe. I feel like I did do that in Alabama, too. Yeah. Pretty sure. Back when I was married. Married. So how are we doing tonight, fellas? Hey, Barsky, this is uh, Eric Badby from the Telegram. There, this is my homie in Tucson. I'm, I'm, I'm. Hey, nice to meet you. What's up, dude? I can't. This is new, so I can't see. I can only see Gordon. Take your sunglasses off. Don't yeah, that. right. There you go. Now I can see. <laughs> awesome. That was, that was good. Zing. I'm way too close. Hold on. Let me let me turn this. So oh, I got it. I got it. So check life. it out real quick. Just check it out. So this came out yesterday. I have yet to get into it. Can you see? Hold on. Can't see. Shit. Damn it. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just gonna wait for. I know, right? Hold on. I already did this. I already played this game, Barsky. We already did this earlier. So it's called Special <laughs> Section Women for those of you that can't see. Our... It's because oh, right. it's red. It's because it's red. The, it's the a, cover of the book is red. Like a novella. Barsky came on yeah, stream right. and we all closed our eyes, blindfolded ourselves, covered our ears. There's ASMR. Yes, I'm here. Oh, I'm God. Damn it. <laughs> Let's throw up. <laughs> How's it going, Alan? <laughs> so uh, you disappear when I say, "How's it going?" Okay. Yeah, Let's I'm here. I've got all this food in front of me, and I'm like, I need to eat this, but there's a plate of knowledge in front of me that I need to consume first. Okay, I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me see the plate. So while you're while you're figuring that out, oh, no, uh, no, blurry. All right. It's been said many it. times we're not a mungbok, muckbox. We don't <laughs> chew our food into the microphone. I mean, Snake Jones can do that. He's he's in a kitchen. Mukbang. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the word. <laughs> That's what I'm not sharing with you right now. I lived out of a backpack for two years and ate canned tuna. Right out of <laughs> That's why I love you. Yeah. That's why you're family. Okay, let's see if this works. So you're in San Francisco now? Nope. Okay, yeah, right. Moves. All right, hold up. Posted a picture of your girlfriend in the chat. Oh, Skinwalker at the what? It, it's the newest Skinwalker. Oh, the pen, at the Pentagon. Oh, did you score yeah. that from uh, Yeah. From Heather? No, 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 no. This is this just came out as it's uh James by James T. Lakatsky. Um, Colm Kelleher and George Knapp and it's an insider's account of the secret government UFO program it's the OSAP stuff the, uh, yeah it just came out on the 10th and really? it's literally yeah and it tells everything about the uh, hitchhiking how they, they like all the people that went in after NIDS finished their you know program mm. with, with uh, Bigelow Bigelow got a $24 million contract to do um, another two-year study. And he, everybody that went onto that property ended up getting hitchhikers taken home, like, like from the place. So all these crazy, like, and I'm talking crazy, crazy stuff. Like entities? Like, like yes. Like hitchhikers. Like tons you know? of them. Well, you know? hitchhiker you pick up voluntarily, I would say. But that's what yeah. they call them, like hitchhikers or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, the synopsis on the back is, uh, let's see, it says the long-awaited follow-up to Hunt for the Skinwalker. Skinwalkers of the Pentagon unmasked the massive scope of the Pentagon's landmark UFO study that ran from the Defense Intelligence Agency in Washington, D.C. and was executed by Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies in Las Vegas. The Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Application Program, or OSAP, as it was known, investigated the Tic Tac and other nuts and bolts UFO events, analyzed intrusions of UFOs onto military bases, as well as probed the the plethora of bizarre phenomena that government investigators encountered on Skinwalker Ranch. This often led to the attachment of strange phenomena to military personnel who visited the ranch and brought, quote, something home to their families, resulting in frightening eruptions of paranormal events in their households that terrorized and sometimes injured their children. Dude. Then it goes, mm-hmm. by the end of the two-year program, more than 100 separate technical reports, some of which ran to hundreds of pages, were delivered to the DIA. Among them was a 149-page report on the Soviet and now Russian UAP investigation slash analysis capability. Another detail... Another details the design and build of a functional prototype for an autonomous unidentified aerial phenomena surveillance platform. Written by two program insiders and a respected journalist, Skinwalkers of the Pentagon comes to a conclusion that has never been before revealed. So I'm really geeked to get get down to business on it. Super crazy. I mean, it's 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 basically happening. Yeah, I didn't either. I had no idea. And then all of a sudden, like I, I discovered it the day, the day it came out and I was like, what? I've got to check this out. So I'm checking it out. I need to uh, get going and read it. So I just haven't had time yet. 
But yeah, it looks really interesting. It's fascinating. I heard, um, what did I, what show was it on? Um, I feel like it was on, it was on a, on a podcast that we all know. I don't, uh, I, I, Sam Tripoli. That's it. I think yep. it was on, I think it was on 10 for that. Yeah. Yep. I saw that one and that guy got, he got, he got the literal hitchhiker treatment Yeah, where there was a native American fellow on the side of the road. He thought he was doing a good deed. The guy gets in the car and the guy is covered in the smell. Right. And, right. And as soon as he got a whiff of this guy who was a totally in native American regalia, uh, very eccentric looking um but the smell hit the driver and he knew his instincts kicked in he's like this is not good right so he tried to and he tried to interact with the guy and uh essentially the communication was not going very well and he had some cognitive uh distortions and the next thing he knows he wakes up and he's miles and miles up the road. That's right, a, and remembers nothing. At a pull-off, and he's still buckled in the car, and he's hanging out of his car, passed out, Dude. with the door open, as though he was trying to escape, but forgot to get the seatbelt off. Dude, and he, wake, wow. and he wakes up in that state, and then he calls the cops to tell them, I don't know how I got here, I don't know what just happened, and the cops says... You got skinwalker, bro. Basically, yeah. But what I was gonna tell you is what, you that was one walker, bro. Right? <laughs> Don't skinwalker me, bro. Right. <laughs> that, no. was, that was one of that was one of them. But it, I, I, it was actually the mysterious universe episode, <clears throat> the the plus episode from this past Tuesday, okay. which would have been the day it came out. That's where I heard it, where they go deep into the stories. Because I, I, that's like the only show that I actually have a, a membership to at, at this point. You know what I mean? It's like the one show that I keep is Mysterious Universe because they keep... I like it because they don't bring politics into anything. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're like us. You know what I mean? Like, fuck communism kind of thing, you know, basically. Like, Ben Grundy's awesome. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> they totally went, went over this whole, this whole book. And uh, not the whole thing. They didn't get, there weren't too many spoilers. You know what I'm saying? But it was like, I was like, oh my God, this is out. And that's how I heard about it. And then I immediately got on it. It was like, Amazon, fuck yeah. So it just came yesterday. So I'm super stoked, man. But the, yeah, I can only imagine because some of the stories that they were relaying on Mysterious Universe were, were just bone chilling, like way more fright, like more Wolfman stories too, like but Wolfman to where it was like wa- like eight foot tall wolves, more portal stories too. I don't know if any of y'all have read like Hunt for the Skinwalker where that portal opens up and that weird creature crawls out. Yeah, stuff like that, but even creepier. So I was like, whoa, because I'll never forget the first time I read Hunt for the Skinwalker. I remember just like reading that ch- that chapter multiple times and just like scaring the shit out of myself you know what i mean like that is such a frightening frightening book um some of those accounts some of those accounts are amazing in the way that uh out there it's like you get multiple experiences interweaving and layering over one another right like one they said that one person has a different experience you know what i mean too like they each yeah 
but it happens at the same time. So right. something's happening. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know what y'all made of that sh- the show. I thought it was pretty weak. I thought season two was pretty weak. I know they're holding back a ton of things because a couple people that like Eric, I don't want, well, Eric, Erica told, Erica Luke told me that they withheld a lot of things from season two um, on the history channel. Um, but they had to obviously, cause they're making a freaking TV show. You know what I mean? They're going to well, withhold tell, some, a lot of goods. What, but, you're, what you're talking about, the show you're talking about, the Skinwalker uh, show. Yeah. Yeah. Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Eric's got frogs. Did you just grab that from your yard? Yeah. It'll get you fucked up. Whoa. Yeah. Right That's awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Here, here, here's your big, big debut, dude. You, you're going to lick a toad on, and we're just going to watch you do it. This is what we're doing for the next 10 hours is watching Eric trip balls. Is it really? Wait a minute, you guys. Is it really what I think it is? Colorado River Toad. Is that what is that? It's um yeah, it's, it'll it's flow, hallucin- yeah. is it a hallucinogenic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's your uh, that's your natural DMT five O something something or another. Yeah. What's so his they, name had the farm there? They, the guy that did the that wrote the God particle but DMT. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I can't they, think they, his name. they scrape the muck off of the 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 back. And then mm-hmm. they make like a paste with it and then they dry it out and then somehow like that's so there is a pro- the there's DMT. a process. There's a process. Yeah. You can't just lick it and be like, Well, Ooh. they do. Yeah, they do. Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah. I've heard you want to you want to concentrate it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, that makes sense. You know, oxycarbonating your THC by heating it up. For sure. Probably. So have have you guys done that before? Either either of you tried it yet or no? New. <laughs> New. Yeah, I'm not even going to regular shrooms. I'm not even going to I know you. I'm just saying, uh, Aaron or Eric. DMT milking. I've never tried DMT. Yeah, the DMT frog milk is not pure 5-MeO DMT. Other compounds are in the goo. Alexander and Ann Shulgin say the toad milk can be around 15% um, DMT. So it makes up the rest of the venom. All right. um, Okay. I just first thing that came up. <clears throat> Interesting, Eric. You've no, you, I'm sure you've known people that have done it, right? Uh, so I had a kung fu teacher who told me at a party one night that you could kind of aggravate the toad's back and then rub your cigarette on it, and that would have an effect. Now he didn't uh, really see that's. Probably have just the right amount of effect too for the a lighter effect for somebody that would be like a newbie, I would imagine, right? Could be. maybe could be. Yeah, it sounds like it would be. Maybe who knows? So you talking about what, what was the frog again? The buffo alvarius, Colorado river toad. Yeah, that's the uh, what the Latin name is. Was symbolic death. You you. Your your uh, pineal releases DMT when you die, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're doing, exactly. But it's it's a synthetic. It's not synthetic. I don't, but it's I don't not. know that I'm into. It. I don't know that I'm into it. I never really had the urge to do DMT. I don't I, think I want. I do ayahuasca true. if it was this the right set and setting, or you know what I mean, yeah. type situation. But other than that, like I feel like just synthetic 
anything. I've seen like, it even with a real shaman, but yeah, it didn't help the person at all. No, and the person became even more obsessed. They just wanted to, and then the other person I saw do it for the first time. This, you ever seen someone call? It was a mind person. He was, he was of the Jewish like a minor mind. Oh, um, okay. And I kind of explained to him how, how I existed in heart. He was like, mm-hmm. he was like, he was so trapped in his mind that he was trying to use DMT to have a spiritual experience because he was so frustrated. Oh God! So he was trying, he was trying so hard, type person, like to try and. He's, I was just like, it's your heart, it's your heart, and he couldn't, he could not grasp it. And I was like, and like ground himself, Whoa. huh? Couldn't like ground himself almost properly. Well, I wasn't at that point then, but this was back in uh, 2019 up in New York. And anyway, this individual, I just was like, what? Colorado hmm. River Toad. It's like, like, yeah. I don't know. You were talking about doing DMT. I, I don't, I'm not for me. I'm not into it. I don't, so I don't know. Really, I, I support you it. Guys, you yeah, guys right. want me to convince you that Dante's Divine Comedy oh. derives? From DMT, that yes. Makes sense. So, Please. so DMT, <laughs> DMT equals Dante, and Dante has three chapters, three main chapters. The first chapter is Inferno, where he goes down into hell. The second chapter is Purgatorio, where he starts to go into the in-between world on his ascension into the third chapter which is paradisio and those three chapters are the ingredients the recipe for all dmt experiences first you inferno you burn it or you cook it the bruja cooks the brew and you consume it it goes into your fire and then you purgatorio you purge the gates yeah dude that's crazy you either blow out the smoke or you throw up and shit yourself, depending exactly. on which form of DMT. And then the third and final chapter is Paradiso. You go all the way to heaven, y'all. So that's and, straight up alchemical breakdown. Yes. And uh, when you read Dante's uh, comedy, you will see that there are uh, machine elves and beings toiling, struggling in the background. And so what that is, is a 1300, uh, I think it's 1312, 1317, that uh, somebody was doing, was journaling, keeping a grimoire of their DMT experiences. And that's what uh, Dante was documenting. That's wild. Was that like what the 16th century, correct? I feel like 1500s with, or six, oh, seven, 1600s, I think, right? No, I think he's all the way back in the 1300s. I can look it up real quick. But um, okay. what's, what's amazing about this is, so that, that uh, writing is the creation of purgatory. This is where the idea of an in-between world comes Bardot. from. 1472. Or beside the Bardot, because the Tibetan book, or the Book of the Dead was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. So this is where the Catholic Church invented, and here comes your dream, Snake. Here comes your dream that I gave you. The 
the Catholic Church invented the waiting room. <clears throat> the in-between world where everybody is waiting. And if you don't pay the church, then they're Bastards. not gonna then they're not gonna cleanse your loved ones of their sins from the Ugh. living life. Man, it was so real. It was so fucking real. You could not I woke up and I was like, I'm in I woke up. Oh. I was but that's right. But that's the crazy thing is this proves, I mean, DMT proves that Dante's comedy is not just a book. It is a real thing. And, and now Go ahead. Sorry. And, and now we all have to process the fact that purgatory is real, but real. DMT is the access to it. Oh, kitty. And now it makes sense. What, Upon death. I've been in the Vatican Second Library. It's in St. Louis under SLU Library. Right. It's the Pope Pius XII right. Library. Dude, yes, yes, and yes. The first book in that vault that you walk in and they're massive on the ground is Dante's Inferno. And that's where they get, that's where they, from what I understand, that's where the Catholic Church, that's where hell, the descriptive, the description from hell comes from. Like they, they cherry picked a lot of that from what I understand. I don't know where I heard that or read that. I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm not. Dude, all, everyone that I, I I'm, I'm in that dream was it wasn't a dream, but I was in purgatory because right. I was I was like God, this I'm not alive. I thought I died. I did die in 2012, but um, that was crazy. You, I feel Dude, like we I both died, died in 2012. Died in 2012. I died. It. Yeah, I died in 2012 too, dude. That summer of 2012. Yeah, and that's the only way I can explain that experience. But anyhow, um, where I'm going with it is I'm in that dream, and you know, I was so happy to see all my friends and family, so many. And I was like, I was just filled with joy that I was with them. And then they're like, Aaron, we're all leaving tomorrow for heaven. And I'm like, You mean it's just me here? And they're like, Yeah, <laughs> sorry. And I was like, I want to know who's in charge of this shit show doing fucking shit. What? Like <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Yeah. And I was like, uh-uh. I was like, this is, no, 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 not again. And they were all sad and they left. And then I was like, you know, not curse you, but I was like, you're not the real thing. Who the hell does this to people? And this woman came in as a black woman. She just comes in and she's like, Aaron. And I'm like, what? That was your spirit guide. Huh? We've all that had your spirit, spirit guide. That was your spirit guide. Yeah, and she goes, of course, we're, you're, you can go on, Ian. You can go on. We're not going to do that. You, you're okay. Just, you know, and I was just like, and that's when I woke up. Aaron, I'm imploring you right now to list, go back. I'll send you the link for the Grimerica episode. It was a, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And hol- holy shit, it's this guy who was, he, he's like a, got a New York, Boston you know, East Coast accent. So he's a little bit cocky. He may rub you the wrong way. <laughs> but um the way he the way he just like tells his story about how he he can lucid not lucid dream but astral travel. And he talk he's like the spirit guides are motherfuckers. They're pieces of shit. And I'm like what? He goes, Yeah, they'll have me do crazy shit when he he'll go out of body when he's going to sleep. He said they'll have you do crazy shit. Like he's like he relayed a story saying that he he said this is the type of shit that they have him do he said he was he saw his um his 
I think it was an in-law or something like, or a neighbor friend, a, a, a friend from the neighborhood that he was super close with, like one of his dad's best friends, right? That he called like his uncle growing up. He was super close to him. Well, his wife left him. And he, ever since his wife had left him, he was super sad and depressed, right? Well, sure. it turns out, I think he committed suicide or something terrible. Okay, so get this. So in this, in this um, dream, dream slash astral travel or what have you, his spirit guide, he, he was taken to a place where it was super etheric and the guy was shooting baskets, like play, shooting basket after basket, like on a basketball court all by himself. <laughs> and super depressed and he walked over to him and his spirit guide told him you have to go over go over there and let him know that he's he's dead he doesn't know he's dead uh, right and he goes are you kidding me are you fucking <laughs> kidding me like i have to go are you serious and he he and he kept saying to darren and, and um graham like this is the type of shit these fucking spirit guides make you do they make me do. He goes. They make me do crazy shit like this, awful things. To where so I had. To, he, they made him do a right, a good thing, but he didn't want to. A do good it. thing, but yeah, but he didn't yeah. want to do it. Yeah, sounds it's, like it's, he's it's still being you a look prick at about it. it. Yeah, exactly. Why? But, why are you doing that if you're you're being like? I don't but know it's why also if you listen to it and the way he describes the how they because they trick you into doing these things, your spirit guides. Or My his spirit guys. I, I don't think that he's on the same plane. I don't no, think he's on it. that same plane that that snake's talking about, though. No, this is this is this just what well, resonates super hard with what 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 Snake just said. If you go back and listen to this yeah, episode, it's like an it hour. It's only like you know fifty minutes or something, mm-hmm. but it's brilliant and it'll it clicked a bu- like a bunch of things like locked in, into gear when I listened to it. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This this rings true from what I've read here and read here and here here here, and it just locked a bunch of things into place. Like put a bunch of puzzle pieces together for well, me that's personally. Why, that's that's the, the the huge value of just being able to like share an experience with somebody that you don't fully understand. It helps mm-hmm. you understand more because I don't know what the fuck that was. I mean, I, I got right. sense about it, and through time, like Eric and me were talking about it earlier. And uh, yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I'll send you that link. I'll send everybody the please. link. In the, in Michael Gagliardi is his name. Michael I think that's Gagliardi? his name. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. yeah, I got it. Okay, what episode is it? Number? It is episode. Oh, it doesn't. I don't have that. We share it in the chat here. How many of us have been yeah. diagnosed ADD? By the way, I'm suspicious. I think we know my answer. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting question. Yeah. How many? Me. Me. Aaron. Gordon. Yeah. Okay. Me. I got five. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jim. Not me. I of am course completely not the opposite of ADHD. Yeah, you're I'm slow. <laughs> you Methodical. You one of them spurgs. I'm ADD, not ADHD. I'm ADHD. Right. I, I, they actually they did me. They go, okay, now you're ADHD, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? See, that's <laughs> yeah, that's like ED. That's like erectile dysfunction, bro. That's like, oh, we, this this heart this Pfizer this this heart pill went sideways. It gives huge boners. Well, let's make up. Erectile dysfunction. Yeah, that works. That's why I listen to it. 
Yeah. Bill branding. For those boner commercials. Oh, just branding for a drug that they're mm-hmm. going to sell you? Yeah. So they have to, one so one they have side to effect goes thing. wrong. Create, yeah. Create, um, create yeah, a new disease for the side effect. Yeah. There's the, um, what's it called? I think with Tico's is disease. So is uh, oh. Tyrant. We got Tyrant, motherfucker. Well, what am I supposed to do? Drain your blood. Right in this cup. <laughs> right. Straight up. Dude. Did y'all see? Hey, have you guys seen Squid Game yet? I don't ever watch Netflix, but I saw people talking about it. It's I watched yes. I watched the first or second. I watched the first two episodes. It is freaking so weird. So crazy. It's Korean. What's it called? Um, Squid Game? Squid Game. It's visual. Visually stunning. I only watched two episodes. I'm not gonna watch the whole thing. It's 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 got this weird like it's kind of like got this Hunger Games kind of feel to it, but it definitely yep. has like a futuristic what's coming. It's like all these people that are in horrible debt in Korea, like not yep. horrible, oh, debt, but they're in debt. It's a Steven Spielberg. Uh, yeah, the walk. It. I don't what's know who. It, it's straight Korean though. Like it's got. Um, like they're n- there's not English, like it, it's not in English. Like that, is, there's English overdub. So it's so, got that. I, whenever I hear these people, have you seen it? Have you seen it? I ain't watching that shit. Fuck no. No, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. But then when I saw what it looked like, because the visual of of the stairs, I don't know if you saw the visual, Aaron. You Nothing. once you see if you see just that visual, of like the poster for it, it you'll go. Wait a minute. Because it's it's like so surreal. It looks like a um, it looks like an an Asher painting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But with with neon colors, like with the stairs, if you can imagine that, with Lego almost kind of mixed in. It's very very visually uh, stimulating, and um, very it's fascinating looking. Um, it's hey. it just. If you just watch episode one, nope. that's all I'd recommend. Just the first I episode. I screwed up and watched that one thing with the antler kid. I'm I like, didn't watch that. Trash. This is junk. Oh, is yes. this it? it? People. Oh, that's it. No, you had it. That was it. Yep. The, just the first episode I would recommend. That's it. Nothing more. Because that was all I needed. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going through 80s films. I'm like, these fuckers were woke back then, man. Every film. Mm-hmm. Straight they're lighting ideas in our head. That's how they're What's doing. That. It's a, yeah. Definitely. It's that revelation oh. of methods. If I say blue ball. Piggy bank. What do you think? <laughs> Did you watch it, Jim? Then Yeah, I, I watched it. Summer Squid Game? More or less, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's piggy bank, yep. <laughs> it's only in episode one. Or it's I, on Netflix, too. I hate thing. Netflix. That Dave Chappelle special is phenomenal. So good. I watched that. That was amazing. He, dude, he dropped the mic talking shit about LGBTQ, like fuck you, and dropped the mic at the end of it. It was the greatest shit I've ever fucking seen. Well, he told the story about the pimp and the whore. And, and the yeah, he explains everything. I know. His was so a bottom dollar bitch. Yeah, whatever. yeah. The, what a, what's a bottom bitch or whatever? Yeah. And then the, yeah, yeah, dude, it's so good. But the How many story, people that happen to wake up with a horse head in your bed? Oh, fuck. For real. For real. Did you watch the closer then, Aaron? 
Mm-mm. The, the new, oh, dude, dude, he tells a story where it's literally it'll like almost it'll bring you to like almost tears about the like a trans woman that or man or whatever in San Francisco, and then he just and it like humanizes the person because it was like he was he really wanted to be a stand up comic and all this shit, and it, he was awesome and uh or but a terrible stand-up comic like bomb for 45 minutes straight opening for dave chappelle in san francisco and um, it's yeah it's called the closer you have to you you got to see it dude he literally talks so much shit about the lgbt he he makes fun of it so hard and there's like when i was working at the slew library i'm like okay i'm at the catholic auxiliary library i mean right across the streets masonic hall is gorgeous i mean this Mm -hmm. is these are probably buildings that were there when they got there or it's built on an indian mound in st louis you know yeah and uh i go and i go up to like the pillar because i'm i'm core drilling i'm killing drilling holes in concrete anyway i look at the pillar and it said safe zone for lgbtqrsvrtw and i'm like that's hilarious. Hey, the carpenter, and I'm like, "What is this?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, bro, you ever worked at Slew?" And I'm like, "No, nah, I just got back into the trades." He's like, "Yeah, that shit's everywhere. They've been doing this for a while." And I'm like, "Yep, that's where it's coming from." Yep. Yep, dude, you, Aaron, you have to see this. You're gonna, you're gonna be so happy. Like it made me closer? so happy at the end. Yeah, the closer at the end, I was so happy. Because what, he dropped Dave Chappelle talking. He talked so much shit, dude. He's like, oh. fuck the LGBT, fuck all of you. Like, dude, literally, and he dropped the mic, like, fuck all you. You can say whatever the fuck you want, and that was it. A thousand I have a family member that at one time was born a woman and is not yeah. a woman. And you would never know, married a woman, all that. And right. you would never know it. And so that's all I need to know about that topic. I know I have family members and it's like, I know what's legit and what's like, dude. Right. And this is what this is, but that what he's saying is basically how it's like the cancel, basically talking shit about all the shit we can't stand. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. That's what it is. It is exactly. And that's what he snaps on. And I'm so proud he did it because he like redeemed himself on on a number of levels for me. So it was it was be- beautiful and brilliant and yeah it was just like and i ain't never doing a netflix special again motherfuckers you know what i'm saying like fuck all of you and, and a thousand netflix employees threatened to quit and he, dave Chappelle is literally winning yeah over the special <laughs> a thousand netflix employees threatened to quit over the special if they, well, if they didn't put it back on or if they took it off no they're keeping it because of that yeah because people started working together and not being divided and yeah exactly yeah legitimately yes and they're like fuck you dave Chappelle." no don't they're they're which is beautiful because it's just like okay there's still some hope like a little bit of hope Mm. left in in that regard we're talking about no i mean you know what i'm saying (laughs) with with entertainment with with that that kind of he's he's untouchable and i i like that about him so yeah Netflix is having uh, their numbers are doing a nosedive right now. Now that, they bet, uh, yeah, yeah. Should be. Now, I, think, I think, I think John Teeter was real, and when he's told what the future would be like, that people will have their own TV channels and all that will go away, a decentralized, you know, like That's we're crazy. Yeah, Did John Teeter say that. 
Yeah. Dude, you remember the John Peter material. Yeah, he did. So back when that was happening, he was on, they were doing Coast to Coast with Art Melories on him. And I remember checking into it, and you could, it was really spotty back then, just trying to find stuff. Yeah. It was early internet, kind of. What did he say again about the future? He, um, he forecasted, I mean, forecast, said in the future, after, during and after the Civil War or whatever, that uh, people just walked away from TV once the internet and people were making their own entertainment, their own channels, and it was more decentralized, uh, whatever. So, but basically, it was in the people's hands of their entertainment, no longer with. And they said that was a difference. Like, uh, people after the war didn't live in big cities anymore. There were cities, but you know, when you got milk, it came from your town. When you got chicken, it came from somewhere local, all that stuff. There was no more, you know, and more people were way more self reliant. They weren't as materialistic. And they just lived in, yeah. Normal. It's deep in the Civil War right now. It's huh? Cold yeah. Civil War, yeah. We're in the middle of it. Well, I would say, I mean, back then yeah. I heard it and I was like, oh, that sounds horrible. And now I'm, this is everything I'm going for. <laughs> The John Teeter lifestyle. Yeah. Right. It's totally Philip K. Dick short story type shit, too. I'm trying to think of which short, like, there's a few short stories all melded into one that we're going through right now. It's wild. Dude, I was watching V and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, V is, dude, the eight original one. Yeah, I posted it. Where did you end up finding it, Aaron? I didn't find the 2009 version. You have to pay for it or subscribe. I could not find a free version of it, but apparently in that one, they come at everybody with a virus and then the reptilians have a vaccine for all the people and all that stuff. That's the, the virus is just to get the vaccine in the people. And another thing is like in the original, so their main thing, the reptilians is like, we have cure for cancer. We have all the yep. cures for everything. Come to our ships. Yep. And, you know, they're making this V, which is uh, totally a Philip K. Dick, uh, the one v? where he goes to. Yeah, yeah v, v. Yep. You get tossed on the meat hook and you're frozen, and they're just, you know. So. Do you ever watch that? And I was like, that's fucking Klaus Schwab. There's a character that comes out in the exact same uniform. <laughs> and yeah. my oh, wow. son, 10 years old, he knows who Klaus Schwab is. And he's like, that doesn't look like him. I was like, what he's wearing? He goes, uh-huh. And then the one of the characters walks up to him and says the guy's name, Klaus. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's there. My ex-wife, Chris, Crystal, she's got the original V VHS tapes. It's like straight from the video store. She found them at Goodwill and they still play great. They're not like the not demagnetized yet and everything. Well, yeah. I was born in 80 and I'm watching V. And all of a sudden, all these like old traumas are coming up, and the traumas are me actually watching this as a kid. Like, I, my dad would yeah. put a big pillow on the floor and hand me some cheap candy, and we'd watch whatever it was. V that miniseries. That's what people did. They said it was a TV. It was a TV miniseries too, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching it at the time, but I don't remember like traumatizing. You know, just watch this watching stuff as a kid. It just watching the reptilian, the face getting peeled off. The face, yeah, the face peeling. They put them in these like um, naked suits, and they fuck their head. That's right. They put them into like, um, uh, what is like, uh, 
in Star Trek, the holographic hologram. Oh, the ho- holodeck. The holodeck. They do the Eskimo to try human beings. They do all these things, and it implanted that stuff in my mind. And I'm watching this. I'm like, holy shit. So I mean, the whole idea of reptilians, old lords, invaders, and you know, invaders. Yeah, the Cold War. So yep. it's just something to revisit. I don't really. If you grew up in the '80s, it's like, oh fuck. It's so cheesy, though. It really has the yeah. cheese factor is, is off the charts, but it's so worth it. It's worth it. It's so worth it. Yeah, it's got Michael Ironside too, which is great. That's right, dude. That's right. He's in Have Highland you... too. He's in uh, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Beast, Beastmaster. Beastmaster. That's Beast. right. Oh, he's the yeah. Beastmaster guy. Yeah, that's him. Oh, I love that. It's so cheesy. That stuff so is bad. It's so bad. about cheese, man. Those Hell are yeah. barbarian movies. Hell yeah. Sorcerer is sacrificing children to the temple. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 1983. The snake god. Oh, so good. That was like 83, 84, I want to say. V was. Yep. 82, 83. 82 to 84. Yeah, 84. Yeah. Hey, I bet Eric, because we where we live, this corridor has tons of UFOs. Uh, speaking of aliens and shit, and I saw one. Not, I, I think I said it on here, but I saw one right after one of these shows about a month ago. And night back, vision, what's that? Yeah, get some night vision. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. That'd be really that'd be really so reasonably priced too. Have you ever done that, Eric? Out there, night vision. Yeah. No, I don't have any access to night vision. Uh, no, but I, I've definitely seen little pinpoints of light in the sky that don't make any fucking sense, and they move around, you know, ziggity zaggity and stuff. I've seen that multiple times. Well, at least three I can think of, you know, off the top of my head. So these are micro satellites or something. They're probably drones. That's what I was thinking too. Because you're thinking they're far away, but they could be really close with just like a yep. little LED light. Exactly. Because yeah, the, the what's it called the uh, um what to scale? You know what I'm saying? The distance. It's, yeah. it's really because I've seen some weird stuff around here too. But the the stuff that's reported around here goes from horizon to horizon. In a matter of seconds. That is one of those. That's like, that's not drone stuff. And the and the way they move is, it's it could be, it could be micro satellites like Project Leonid, low Earth, Mm -hmm. orbiting, intelligent nano. That was from Anthony Sanchez and his UFO highway, and that's yes, that's what the colonel was trying to tell him that they were going full AI on this. uh, Yep. Yeah. And these things would be constant control of our skies, of our coasts, everything. Yep. And he was trying to stop it, but it was Project Leonid, and there were micro satellites, like little squares, things, or whatever. He was trying to. Isn't Sanchez the guy that? Sanchez the guy that was doing the ITC communications. He was developing the ghost, the ghost stuff. Yeah. Okay. He's he's pretty brilliant. I he's like I don't know. I think he's like a Hillary Clinton supporter now, and he's like into the. I don't think he was ever meant you know intended that's why it seems so authentic he's like he doesn't fit in with the community really no he's a right. guy right you know yeah oh 
I can't like with baby and bathwater kind of type shit with with the research. If you're putting out good research, I can't throw all. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't right. throw the work out. I gotta keep keep the uh, the research. But if the things we're seeing in the sky, I mean, it, it's just a surveillance system. What is it? Is it micro satellites? Is it? It's it's like those drones. Remember that, those drones? It's all of those things. There's so much of it in the sky. All these tools floating right. around satellites mm-hmm. barometric pressure weather balloons yep. everything we can't yeah we're not able to tell the difference plasma beings thank you james yeah yeah, four plasma, state, yeah. No, four state okay. matter shit. Yep. so one of the things that i've actually seen out here um in the in the desert out here i've taken pictures of it and i put it in um i was in eyes open um Lindsay's facebook group uh that we used to, I, because I'm, I try not to be on Facebook anymore. I don't, I'm not there. But, but probably over a year ago, I took a picture of right out, right out the open range desert behind my house, and it looked like a, because my wife had seen it for a couple of nights, just out in the desert, and she's like, it looks like so, feels like something's watching me. You know, she kind of had that feeling, you know, and, and it just sat there. So I took a picture of it and I'll see if I can find it. If I can find it, I'll, I'll put it in the telegram group. Um, but it looks like a plasma being, like, it looks like a, like more like a spirit orb kind yep. of thing. Yeah, It's, it's different, but it, it's definitely intelligently moving. Yes. So I've seen the spirit orbs. They come into the Capoeira ritual sometimes. What? Mm. Interesting. And they show up. They don't just show up at any moment. They show up when they're called. And the the timing isn't called. Like a CE5 type thing? Or what do you mean by that? It's it's impeccable. It's... um, they're, it's like they move precognitively and you can see them come across the screen. They'll like bolt from one side of the room. They'll bounce off a corner and then they land at the spot where the energy was summoned at the moment that it's summoned. It, exactly. Uh, it's really phenomenal, but they are they're They're spiritual. They're precognitive. And, uh, it, the timing is absolutely impeccable. It's really something else. Uh, but it's in the middle of the daytime. It's like a bunch of people. Everybody's in a crowd of people. And it, uh, and it comes when it's called. I've seen it many times. And it lands What's in the that? crowd? Uh, it flies over the crowd and then lands in the circle in the middle of the ritual. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. I've What's seen it many times. Uh, it's the participants. Yeah, they, um, there's a like uh, seven to eight uh, musicians, and then everybody else is just singing and clapping and bringing the yeah. spirit. Uh, <sighs> but it is, it's it's amazing, and that's the thing that gets me is that it's in the broad daylight. It doesn't have to be at night in the sky. It can just come right on time. I think I'm gonna start doing capoeira. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this idea entered my lexicon when I heard 
or my mind when I heard uh, we were talking about UFOs and Lindsay said that she can call the plasma orbs yes. went, at least once a day. And I was like, never even occurred to me that it might be possible. And here you are talking about it. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about yeah, trying it out there with those at night. Mm-hmm. I was wondering why you would want to, first of all. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get because you know I don't even know what the hell these are yet, but if I knew, then yeah. Yeah, it seems like it could be demonic. Something demonic, and I don't even mean to be that dude, but I'm serious. Something dark about it, certainly. Yep. Looks like we have a capoeira group in my town with 21 members. December nice. 17th, they met. Wow. That's a Capo- good. That's a, that's a good size. It's capoeira. No, I'm just, <laughs> just fucking with you, dude. You know what I did last week? I was just out looking at the moon, and it just—I thought it was the pot, and I was just really in my body. I was dancing in my my front yard here at like one a.m. I danced for like half hour, third forty-five minutes, just doing these moves. I got no training and nothing. And in my mind was that video that uh, Davin had going of those guys dancing and stuff. That's that's it. That's, that's it. it. You were doing it, and it, yeah, it felt so natural. I was just doing weird shit, dude. It was like kind of like I was like I couldn't even believe I could swing my leg like that. And I'm like, all right. So yeah, I've I've had that kind of feeling. Like so, um, and Barsky, you and I have talked about this too. Is the Kundalini movements? Like, do you mm-hmm. do you think that 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 kind of thing is a Kundalini spirit kind of feel uh, flow? Your feel because it. Because when you're doing Qigong and you really are in flow, like it shows you the moves. Like it, it, it I mean, Tai Tai Chi? No, it's Qigong. Okay. I've never, and, I've never tried any of that. So, but the, the movements kind of come naturally. Yeah. Okay. That's it. And it's kind of, it's just being from being in flow and letting it, letting it kind of surrendering to it. And I always wonder if that's like the same thing as like laying on to the spirit, you know, they do in church. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, it could be another form of that. Of yeah, like yeah. Speaking in tongues, so, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I just but recently like, saw some videos of the Qigong guys and they, they had, there was a group doing a demonstration of the power and they were like, they would focus the chi into their neck and then they would like, put a steel rod in between the two guys necks and they would walk into each other and bend the steel. It's ba- it's basically like, think of it like this. It's like, mm-hmm. think of street fighter, like moves like Ken and Ryu. Think of their like Hadouken. Ooh, moves. Think of Hadouken, but in super slow motion well, this and charging is- that ball up. That is essentially what Qigong basically is. Yeah. From what, Yeah. And so it, I've actually a form of it. Um, work that into into energy healing, and it worked to be able to focus. Yeah, focuses the energy to a point. It works really, really well. Oh yeah, it totally works, even without the visualization. Absolutely, There's it's worked for me doing saw, massage therapy. Yeah, you can make a spiral and get the energy going, and and the wind actually started blowing the leaves in a in a spiral around him. Same. That is legit. Is is Chris Cross 
applesauce, spiders crawling up your back, tight squeeze, something, something. Is that creak on? Because that shit's freaky. <laughs> Say that again. You never had done that? Uh-uh. No. Oh, you don't have kids? No, I don't. Yeah, I'm the only one. Back. Um, Chris and Alan. And Alan. Hey, I Apple don't have any sauce. children. That's what I said. Spiders. And you. Spiders crawling up your back. Tight squeeze. Now you get the shiveries. Yep. Makes you yep. shiver. Hey, guys. Speaking of children, uh, I'm in charge tomorrow, and my kids get up early. So I'm going to... Nice. Cheers. Eric got some final words. Nice for meeting you, man. Cheers, dude. Final 40 year old party. Yeah, before know. you leave, we've had you here. Any final thoughts? Uh, I would I would work on ideas on how to play with what you guys are working with here. Because there's there's something solid. I mean, I see it. And I, I catch very little of your episodes. I don't have time to sit. I, there's so much I want to absorb. But all I have to do is dial in just a second, and there it is. It, it's, a time, it's what you're talking about, correlating to what's going on. You know, um, there's something there. And I would start sparking ideas on how to think about it or work with it or or that kind of idea that's right and eric just i've updated the rss feed for the podcast so we're literally caught up so feel free to and anybody uh, we're live on youtube right now Mm -hmm. yeah anybody please feel free to any the you know the podcast um catcher of your choice go check out Put Weaving Spiders Welcome in there. We're all caught up. Um, so give it a listen on there because these are marathon shows. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of content. Later tonight, um, Barsky's going to eat cat poop. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is true. This right. is true. We're initiating it. Thank you, Eric. Right. Thanks, Eric. Right. Come back again. Good to see you, man. Peace, Eric. <laughs> so um what kind of litter am i digging into then <laughs> the edible edible shape organic them, shape them into creatures little sculpting right little shit sculptures <laughs> yep yeah i remember when that lauren hill record came out oh, i'll <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> your girls Oops. wake up Oh, I don't, I, dude! I've never seen that, and I don't even know what it means. I literally, I'm not even kidding. I can kind of guess, but yeah, <laughs> no guess necessary. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's great that we've got the RSS feed um, as a tool to archive all of our work. And Eric is absolutely correct about this live stream allowing it to go deep and wide and long to explore the ideas. And we have the capability of taking short clips and then sharing them. You know, Joe Rogan does that, right? Or he has his fans. He had his fans do that for him on different channels. Alex Jones has the same thing where people well, take you go, you short go clips. short. You go short. I go long. Mm-hmm. I get where you're going with that. All yep, right. yep, yep. So we can have like a five-minute segment. That's even too long because I've made clips of the show. 
and I'm like, it's four minutes, 20 seconds, <laughs> but that's still too long for Twitter. Twitter only allows two minute videos, two minute, 20 second videos. So I'm like, oh, I have to cut it even shorter, even to get it as a video onto Twitter. So it's, it's the short attention span when Krista was mentioning it, we're talking about history channel, how 25 years ago they had these deep, dense documentaries with images they were phenomenal too and there was Sorry. so much information yeah. and then you get a commercial break and you're like okay now i can process the information now on history channel maybe channel history channel two three they got different channels but all the information is so stretched thin and that's maybe a criticism of that uh, skinwalker show that they had on history channel exactly it was like i was so aggravated because there was so much great information but they were stretching yeah, yeah. it so thin yep and then there was a commercial every five minutes and i'll I'm tell like, you what though alan the be- i don't mean to cut you off but i do but listen you got it the blind frog ranch show mm-hmm. did you watch that by chance was that the episode from skinwalker no no it's called mystery at blind frog ranch it is way better than hunt for the Skinwalker or, or okay. secrets of skinwalker and it's okay. literally the the ranch just north the property line just north of skinwalker mm. in the uinta basin and it is hands they're searching for they're like treasure hunting and they end up finding like old mormon gold from when they made a de- dude it is the best show it's way 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 better than secrets of skinwalker ranch way better wouldn't you agree jim didn't you watch blind frog no that was the one i'm sure i, I would know. agree if i did watch it though heather was gonna i feel bad what's up heather um yeah she was gonna be on second season but ended up not going with her your idiot history channel for not choosing her her travel mm-hmm. channel for the show but yeah um, it's much more riveting and you get so dude, I was blown away. It was so creepy on so many levels. And plus you get the fun, like hunt, like curse of Oak Island kind of thing mm. going on, but you actually get meat as opposed to just like little strips of bacon. If you know what I'm saying? Like you get steak. Right. Right. And the, the yeah. Skinwalker show on history channel was very atmospheric and it really includes you in what's going on but for someone who just wants information that's that's not the best show to get the information read a read the book right read a book you'll get the information watch the history channel show for the slow drip stretching out oh and if you've read the book if you've read the book too you're you you get nothing basically out of the show except like visuals that you can you, you can then place what you've read in the book you have a visual for what you've read essentially like that's the most yeah exactly yeah so but i am i implore anybody that's interested in this to check out the mystery at blind frog ranch on discovery plus or you know do your torrenting whatever you got get your vpn going Mm -hmm. download that shit up also what we do in the shadows Get on it. Get on it. Dude. It is really good. It's really I'm caught up. Matt Berry is a genius. Matt Berry is a great show. Yeah. Dude, Matt Berry is a god. The in the latest episodes have been phenomenal too. So they've been so good. 
got Hulu just for that show. I still have to watch the movie. Yeah, the movie is fun. And I keep saying, hey, guys, there's a show out of New Zealand called Wellington Paranormal. That's a lot of fun. Is it a parody parody one? It's a mockumentary comedy horror television series. Yes. Yes. It is just just wild. It is so much fun. It's not the cop one, is it? They, they are police officers. Oh, they are. Okay. Yep. Yep. What, what is it on? Yep. What, 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 what service is that on? I don't know. It's on the internet. I just searched for it and I find it. I, I don't. What's know the name of it? <laughs> What's the name of it? Again? Wellington, Wellington Paranormal. Paranormal. Okay, got it. I'll yep. find it right after this. Sweet. Yeah, it says uh, nineteen episodes. I think have aired so far. Three seasons. It originally premiered uh, July eleventh, twenty eighteen. And uh, Karen O'Leary and Mike Minogue and as uh, the two officers, and they have this um, closet. The police officer has a closet, and that's his like little X Files closet where he tries to hide the the paranormal activity of Wellington, <laughs> New Zealand. And it's 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 a lot of fun. I don't know. Is it Kylie um, Minogue's brother? Well, it's written by Jermaine Clement. I don't know. Jermaine. Directed by Jermaine Clement and some other people. Who's that? Jermaine Clement. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Okay. Oh, that's the guys from. Uh, that's the guy from uh, Flight of the Concords. Oh, okay. Jermaine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know you're talking about now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Space Bowie. You know, I, I love right. I didn't like that show <laughs> when it first came out, but then I grew to love it. You know, what show is amazing though. It's is so uh, Chris Lilly. Chris Lilly is phenomenal from Australia. He he did that show Angry Boys, and um, what else? He did a bunch of shows on HBO. They picked oh, up a ton. The cutest dog, dude. Where Jermaine Clement was in something called Gentleman Broncos from the same oh. director. Have you guys not seen Gentleman Dynamite. Broncos? Jared Broncos and Jerusha is... Hess directed oh, uh, Gentleman Broncos, which is a lot of fun and includes Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he's good. He's great. That's in another this. really he's fun. He's so good. It's so fun, dude. It's ridiculous. It's great. That's um that's the idea of science fiction. We have this young boy exactly. who's writing Rosie. science fiction. Rosie. And there's this older man who's also writing science fiction and there's it's it's an it's insane. It's so much fun. I love the, I love the, speaking of of uh androgynous sci-fi characters. Like there's there's always like doing? one androgynous sci-fi character in those Weird novels, and yep, yep. they had say to hi. include that character, which is a great character, by the way. It's say hilarious. hi to say hi to this dog. Well, that's that bo- that farty Boston, isn't it? Yeah, What's she's sleepy. That's Detective R- Rosie Joy, aka HR Weapon Stump, aka Goomba, aka Goombina. Got a so, million names. Snake has a new puppy, and oh, that's a cute puppy. And that's Leo in the back. Yeah, he's, he's like my We weren't sure how he was gonna be, but uh, he's jealous, like extremely. Oh, you just got him, right? This morning, she's wow. a shahar. She's gonna be a big dog. Her mama kills raccoons. Yeah. That's what we need. It's a uh, Pyrenees Anatola. 
Anatolian. Anatolian. Farm dog. Leo, chill the hell out. I can't wait to uh, leash train these goats and walk them down my logging road. Like my friend Jim. <laughs> to clear the fun. Yes, um, Jim. It was I, Annabelle. It was Annabelle. I, it was mine and I heard Chris mine and Crystal's dog. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I heard though you have to be careful with them when they're when they have horns. If they have collars on, they could uh, get tangled up their horns in another one's collar. And Dude, that yeah, because when Leo got rammed today, he was being honored. He's had a rough day. He's been rammed by a goat and <laughs> he got in trouble for snipping at her. Got his butt kicked a little, and uh, anyway, her horn went into his collar. Oh man! And then yeah. I read your text. And I was like, yep. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. They love to to beat up on dogs, but um, it's just kind of how they play. I don't think it's hard. No, it's a collar thing, though, because we got the collar on on Nanny, on um, Holly. And then uh, I put two collars on the little guys, but I'm going to take those off because I don't want – I think she'll be okay. They don't have horns yet. They got little it's, nubs on their head. It's good to train them though. So, like, keep the collars and put them on every now and again, and pet them up so that they get used to it. Because if you're gonna t- teach them to be trail goats, then uh, yeah, trail goats, yeah. There's a. I'll I'll send you a link to some YouTube's with some trail goats. There's like an association of U.S. trail goats or something like that. Oh, that's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real. Really? It's a real thing. Oh wow, cool. There's a whole world of goats that. Nobody knows it exists. Have you you always want to stay on the, the low side if you encounter horses because horses are afraid of goats and they'll want to cross the trail on the high side. So take the low ground with your goats. Interesting. Well, we'd like to eventually get my, my acreage all fenced. And, you know, I got a ridge in my back, a gorgeous ridge. And nice. I just want goats and I want highland cow there. They'd love it. I'll take the high that's road. That's Annabelle. That's Annabelle. The low road. I that's, picked up a little trailer so I can haul my goats out to hike the other day. That's what landscaping trailer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cute. Wow. Well, here's the thing on that I learned is when uh, we evacuated the fires last year, there was nothing worse than seeing how 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 how, uh, how upset Ben was because he did not have at the farm yet his animal carrier he couldn't oh. transport his animals and evacuate them so it's just when you start getting goats and things that's something we have to get cows that's, that's annabelle that's, that's a good point that's the that's r.i.p annabelle mm-hmm. oh. that, that dog is amazing smart one yeah. of the smartest dogs oh. ever. look at that leo Puppies have the sh- sharpest teeth. Oh, little razors, little needles. What are you feeding them Adderall? I keep bringing up Wellington <laughs> Paranormal because yes, it is adapted off. from what we do in the shadows. That's the connection I was trying to bring up because you keep mentioning what we do in the shadows, the movie that you haven't seen. And I keep saying Wellington Paranormal was inspired and adapted from the movie, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, really? Which also inspired yeah. the television show. Oh, so awesome. Wellington yeah. Paranormal is Jermaine Clement's breakout 
version of uh, from what we do in the shadows. Mm. Oh, yeah, you got to check out the original, man. And then there's a, a the student movie Link in the before chat. that, that where they did like a cheapy version just on iPhones or something. And uh, the outtakes are great because like there's actually like soccer hooligans literally harassing them on the street because they're dressed like dandy vampires. It's hilarious. That's <laughs> awesome. It's absolutely great. <laughs> and throwing shit at him. <laughs> Honey, what show wait, is that you're watching? Wait, do you want to enunciate a little bit more clearly? <laughs> That's my New Zealander. That's my Come on, faggot. Sorry, wait, wait. <laughs> this is my New Zealander. Uh, whatever um, that sounds like. By the way, I'm, know I'm gay as AIDS. I'm gay as AIDS, so I can, I can say that. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. That dog is too cute, Aaron. She's very timid. I can see. What kind of pup is it? Uh, Pyrenees. Pyrenees. Um, okay. Yeah, I can't. Uh, oh, God. It's been a long day. It's like one o'clock, isn't it? Oh, shit. It is, 11 yeah. p.m. here. Dude, over here, this is the sink for today. So we went and picked up um, from Leon, the goat farmer. Awesome dude. He has 19 goats, by the way. And he's right out down the road here. And he's like, yeah, I got 19 goats, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so we go there. Aaron, did you see, did you see, sorry, did you see <laughs> Eric's tattoo? On yeah. His arm? Oh, okay. yeah. That was amazing. When he, yeah, so and this co- that goes along with that dream I had right at the same time. Anyway, uh, so anyway, he's got a dog. It's a Pyrenees, one of her. And he was telling me, how uh, she's killed, she kills all the raccoons, how great of a dog she is and everything. It's this really chill, big dog. And right before we leave, I swear to God, this, this dog was aware. It put its paw up to me, and I was like, oh. And then she just was pawing back and forth. I was like, oh my God. She's like, yeah, that's her. So I was like, wait a minute, what kind of dog is this? Well, my wife had, the other day, looked and saw that these were um, for sale and i was like no they're too big well anyway right after we met that guy's dog and he told me how they she protects all the goats and everything and we called this person and got the pyrenees beautiful dogs not playing it at all right so that's why that's a symbiosis of a farm with goats i need a dog i need somebody to protect the flock and it's literally how she advertised on Craigslist. Protect your livestock. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Don't call them great for nothing. <laughs> She's a sweetie. Don't worry. You'll be bigger than Leo and you'll kick his butt right back. So I've got, I've got a theory right now that I'm cooking up about goats. And Alan, yeah. I think you'll like this. I think you'll like this theory. I was uh, spot reading through some of Herodotus uh, about a week or so ago, and I learned that um, Egypt venerates the goat, huh. and that they they did not approve of goats as a sacrifice because they related to spiritually to the goat. Huh. 
And, and so uh, I also happen to know that other cultures, I, they think of the goat their culture like wrong. Yeah. So I'm gonna hold that little oh. tidbit of information. Gabe, your audio is L- a little We're losing you, Gabe. Uh oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, but you're garbling in and out. Try yeah, try start over from uh goats were sacred in Egypt. Okay. All right. Is that any better? Uh, yeah, but you're not cutting out, so yeah. Okay. So uh, so other cultures, they think that the goat is ideal for sacrifice. And so think of like gang signs. Like if you get a hand, you do a hand gang sign and you turn it upside down, that's and fuck your sex, right? Hmm. So goat sacrifice is anti-Egyptian. And this is where things get really weird. I'm beginning to believe that America was much more Egyptian than we're told. And that's kind of a, a, a whole separate theory, but I'm overlapping the two. And so... Absolutely, absolutely. I can see that. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. So what I think we can maybe fuse together here is that in American culture, we are given uh, goat sacrifice uh, paradigms or spells commonly so that we defile and piss off the native spirits Mm. of this land. Good call. And that is why cops and um, Kobe Bryant, uh, Chad Aaron Bozeman, C-A-B, is Cabra. All of these are goats, sacrificial goats. And so we culturally sacrifice goats, uh, whether we know it or not. And And by doing so, we're participating in the defilement of our own connection to the to the land here in america and by goats you mean greatest of all times all of that yep all of uh, so yeah it encompasses okay yep including your kids your firstborn child your kid uh by sacrifice by giving them the vaccine by injecting them and doing all those sorry all those uh you know those practices that yeah there's no not- blood on the doors this time around Right, right. Man. So, yeah. The, Wait, what'd you just say? There's no blood on the doors this time around. Like Passover. Oh my God. When, yeah, when yeah, putting, putting the uh, sheep lamb's blood on the uh, yeah 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 so. over the door f- for the uh, Passover angel. Don't make me start singing creeping creeping death. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think the angel was coming? When people start dying, you're going to be able to handle it. Do you understand the gravity of the situation we are in? And what is a full record for us? I'm going to have friends dropping left and right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to empower and prepare you. I'm trying to 
not allowed for those. I'm trying, well, I'm not trying to deny it, but I'm also trying to, I'm trying to stay as positive as I possibly can. Well, that yeah. it's going to take longer. It's going to be long. It's going to take longer than the, um, how can I put it? Like the not doom obsessed, but you know what I'm saying? Like the is black pill. I'm trying yeah. to stay it. Is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you know, it, yeah. They're coming for our kids. Oh, yeah. Have you ever experienced being taken from your family? Absolutely. No matter how much you plead, I have. Oh, yeah. I have. Absolutely. Over and over and over again. The worst. You think that they're going to give two fucking shits about anything you have to say when they come to take your fucking kid? They don't want them all dead. They want the kids. They want you dead. And they want grandma and grandpa dead. They want the boom. They want the boomers dead. I heard. And I think this, this. this rings really true is like, think about this for a second. A new citizen. The baby boomers, they had to figure out a way to, you know, it's basically, I'll put it like this, baby boomers equals now baby doomers. They've got to get rid of all these people now. Essentially. I say it, I say it this way, almost the same thing. I say baby boomers inevitably become body boomers and so a a boom in population will actuarially yield a boom in uh death count exactly yeah so yeah yeah you're right wow and this makes total sense to of of a mass kill-off if you will a gen a genocide of yeah yeah it's because with each kid born was a birth certificate issued. And with that birth certificate issued, they're able to loan more money and exactly. from the Federal Reserve collateral. So now we're moving to a new financial system, which is crypto. And what they're doing is, well, we don't need those people anymore because we don't use the birth certificate since Kurt Kallenbach sent that letter back in November of 2019. And then Bingo. I've yep. seen it. So there you go. Bingo. Yep. They're going to the new system. Their great reset is the crypto. And when you talk about Luciferes, you have my fucking attention because I know about the birth certificate and I know how that they use us and they they farm us or whatever. And that would yep. be the new system. So what they're going to do is they're going to off the old people, of course, because they're tired of paying the pensions. They're not going to do any more of the supply energy yep. for us. They're done doing that stuff. What they're yep. going to do is they're going to transhumanize people. Those of them who fucking take the mark and get the fucking nano whatever it is and it takes that's their they're going to come take those kids they want a needle in every single kid because every single needle they get into a kid is raises their numbers of the ones that'll take it they probably yeah. don't even know oh no no i'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist i'm fucking watching it happen. exactly yeah exactly You've seen it before just and how they're going to replace Babylon the crazy 2.0. thing is how are they going to replace okay like the governor of new york that crazy bitch saying like well we'll just replace all these healthcare workers with foreigners literally said that those words FEMA. Like, yeah what? fema's coming in to take those jobs the u.s FEMA. yeah they're gonna have because to fema got handed Trump gave this emergency yeah. act. He gave that shit. I, didn't, I was like, I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe it. Oh, That's yeah. Why they are taking yeah. you know, over. He didn't. So he, yeah. Yeah. So exactly. you guys, you guys we, we've all thought about how Iron Man is F E man, right? right? Iron is F E. F E. Yeah. Yep. F E man. Well, that in 
green speak or bird FEMA. speak. It's FEMA in. Yep. FEMA is coming in. Yep. <laughs> do, do you think that encoding is, they don't do that encoding on purpose. It's like a reflection of the universe. Exactly. Exactly. It's a cosmological it's, this stuff reflection. comes out no matter what, because it's, no matter yeah. What. It's not because the stuff they're, they're is intraflat, in, what is it? Uh, fractalinear stuff, like all that stuff over overlaps, you know, at, and points. And it's all that stuff we already know, it's in here. Right, and that's what's coming it's, out. It's 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 yeah. It, yeah yeah. It's 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 almost like a, it's like a tick. It's like a tick. How we have like idiosyncrasies, not even idiosyncrasies. It's just like a tick, like a nervous tick of some sort. Not saying it is a nervous tick, but it just it comes out of us and it manifests, whether we like it or not. It's an unconscious manifestation, if you will. Well, yeah, we yeah. we talk about that a lot, like the the comic book writers that would write a storyline and it comes true. Oh, as Alan it's Moore happening, yeah. yeah. Like, well, what is Frank hear? Morrison writing himself as a character into the Invisibles? Is my mic yeah. coming in hot? No, yeah, yeah, like Grant Morrison a lot. And Alan Who Moore, himself in a character. And Alan Moore. Who? Grant Great. Morrison writes himself the, into his comic book, The Invisibles, oh, and yeah. that becomes his his working, his magical exercise, his chaos magic. Sigil, yep. art imitating sigil. life, imitating Get into our smiley face. And he, and he writes it into reality, and it and yep. the situations he writes into this comic book manifest in his real life, which further influence his writing into his comic, playing back and forth. It's right there, guys. It's right there. It's not no. It's right there. Wow. And I think so, that's what it, and that's what so Eric was care. encouraging us to do earlier. He said, take what we've got, take the yeah. energy, the ideas, the flow state, and begin to work with it, begin to realize and become aware of that energy and the influence it has, and be more intentional about it. Mm-hmm. This is putting out our intention into the live stream universe the the ideas will manifest in the future and when we say we want certain guests and we want certain topics we do move towards those guests and topics attracting them from all levels precisely and earlier before we were starting the show we were speaking about the titles of the show and how we need to be thoughtful and mindful about the titles we choose because that will influence so much about the show. And we might not even know exactly what it will bring about. Right. An Until six months from six months to a year. Well, the, the vibrant you know. appearance yeah. with yeah. Jim... And what was the title about that? Talking about cackling and crackling and eggs. That was in the. That's in the title of the show about laughter. And then they were talking about cosmic eggs in the show. And only after the show did they realize what the meaning of the title for the show was. <laughs> Wait, what, what was the title? We. I didn't know the title. What the title was. You didn't. I'll look it up again. We were chatting about that after the show. It was wild. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> kind of along the lines of what Eric was saying about, 
you know, building and channeling the intention. You know, I've been seeing that, um, you know, ever since Jim's show in the conversation about goats and the Pope Lick goat, and here now we have uh, Aaron just got more goats, you know, and, and now I'm having this breakthrough that I think that goats are sacred to this, to this land. All right. You got my attention, and, brother. Yeah. And so, you know, I think there is, I think that before they get to the kids, before the march down the street happens, we can generate a breakthrough of consciousness. And, you know, we can start taking out the pillars of the satanic order systematically. Yeah, take the power back. I, yeah. So this chaos order thing, this isn't create chaos, get order, or create order and get chaos. This is a cyclical thing where chaos is here and a ebb and flow and order. So the ability to operate like you're talking about in each one, whether you're in chaos, you bring in order, I guess, through this, you just, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's taking the power back because we, we hear it all the time. They're like, oh, new world order, order out of chaos, you know, and they got it all over, like, as if they are masters of it. They ain't masters of it, guys. They're just hey, so, working on it. So speaking of sinks and all this stuff, um, Eric just texted me that the final sink of the night, at first he saw five minutes, 19 seconds, of course, 19. Mm-hmm. But really the video time was 520, which is Tucson area code. Oh, wow. Nice. Coder. Wow. It's encoded. Tucson, homie. 52, episode 52. 52. That's 52 also, there. yeah. 520 yeah. is the Tucson... Uh, area code and and five two zero. So we invoke 52. the powers of that number, and Eric appears out of the <laughs> five two zero area code. Never know, man. That's, that's a perfect example of us not knowing what the significance of the title and the description will be. Going back to Wednesday, the thirteenth of October. The title is A Wednesday the 13th Weave with Spider-Bro James Maiden, Vibrant, Episode 8. Description reads, James Maiden of Weaving Spiders Welcome joins Vibrant tonight. Aside from being an arachnoid analyst of all things arconic, he's also got an epic and infectious laugh. So join (laughs) in the fun tonight and help us crack up like crack spiders. And that entire show ends up talking about cracking eggs. I was making eggs when you guys with that one. Uh-huh. Oh. So E5-2 uh, is E and B. And that's the ebb. <laughs> <laughs> the ebb and yeah, the, the flow. E and B. <laughs> that's, that's a web without the W. Yeah, man. Yes, I love it. <laughs> the silent but deadly W. <sighs> is that what that is? <sighs> Processing. You guys are amazing. It's, it's, it's the whoosh sound. You know, and 
just the more the more you're open to anything, you see them everywhere. The more you're open to flow, like and you live in flow, like as a kind of a recognizing as you're in the now, you know, where you're in here and not thinking about all of the other bullshit that you gotta do, because you gotta do it. Because that's what this is this life is. But when we're in like this kind of connection with spirit that's just flowing, like you see that shit everywhere. It's like we're not paying attention to all these things that's really happening. Like I mean this spiritual awareness of, of things is ninety-nine percent of our existence, and we're not paying attention. Are we hyper awareness? Have you ever experienced some sense of hyper awareness before? Where yeah. you just like, it's a now present thing, but it's fleeting and soon lost. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know, mm-hmm. and that uh, is hard to hold. It's hard to hold that state. Yeah, just you know, I don't know. That's it. So it's pretty simple. So, but that hyper-aware state is that state where you're your most authentic self, I think. I've experienced like it's just, just, yeah, multiple occasions, but it's so brief sometimes. You're just like, yeah. what? It's like, a, it's almost too much. It's too intense. So it's like little baby steps, little dipping your toes in the water as we, as we grow. And I, I'm, I know that my first instinct when I realized it was such a thing, there are people who walk in a constant hyper state of awareness. And these are our, I don't know, elders. Maybe they walk amongst us all the time and they're just watching, but they are in a state of hyper awareness. It would be just aware of everything. What could you do with it? You know? What couldn't you do with it? I don't know, but it puts me in a position to where you know, I'm just like a child still, and that's okay. You know, yeah, it's okay. If someone told you it took 120 years to get to that point, would you be willing to do what it takes to get there? You know, because that's what it would take. Maybe even multiple lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So oh, for sure. You know, I was thinking about that this <laughs> this week. Actually, I was watching this, or actually, just tonight. Um, we were watching this thing on serial killers of the West and a lot of them are around here. And because uh, Billy the Kid was like his first killing was right by my grandparents' house and near Winkleman. And really, there was a haunted ranch up there that was right across, my, um, right across the street from my grandparents' ranch was this, this canyon uh, that went into a, uh, elbow in this canyon where they they would build a elbow in the corral they could corral the cattle into there and they can open it up and run them out easier right because your two walls are already built that's why you put it in a canyon so this guy would hire somebody from the town kill them and um, just burn the body and then hire somebody else from the count because nobody's out there really. Nobody would know. You just just kind of like, paying him. Yeah. Hire a guy. He's just hire him. And then they kill got him. pissed. Yeah. When they got pissed, cause they're not getting paid. They're like, Oh, he's like, Oh yeah. So he would, Damn. so he 
killed a bunch of people out there. Well, I went out there when I was a kid. My dad took me out there and told me the whole story. And I'm like, wow, cool legend. Because yeah. it, was, it was just, a, you know, I didn't think it was real. I thought it was just something he was telling me to spook me, you know, to get me all scared of going to this ghost town place called the Haunted Corral. So later on, we find out you can, you know, after the internet, we, I start searching and I find newspaper articles from Phoenix. And then a couple of years ago, I found out somebody did another article recently about this guy, which had this old timer who was a friend of my grandfather's in it. Talking about the haunted corral, about how this guy was basically a serial killer. And what got him caught was he was burning the bodies and the Indians on the other side of the Canyon. I can't remember which tribe it is, but there's a bunch of ruins back there and they could smell the, the burning flesh. And they knew, you know, you know what burning flesh smells like if you've yeah. ever smelt it and you don't not know what that is. So they dropped a dime on this dude to the U S marshals, the U S marshals came in and, and got him, hung him, wow. hung him in Phoenix. But I thought wow. it was just a fun story when I was a kid. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Serial killing right here. It's cool. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I was thinking, I was like, wonder, I wonder if I was on the wrong side of the West in a previous <laughs> life. Like, I kind of feel like, because there was a lot of dangerous, you know, nasty people in the Rockies and mm-hmm. on the, you know, cause there was a lot of them came from the South, the civil war, all traumatized yeah. and yep. messed up from the war. Yeah. And then they come out here, which is just complete law lawlessness. Mm-hmm. And they just do what they can to survive. Some of these people. They're yeah. just basically animals at that point, getting out of, that kind out of, of war. I don't know if I believe that. It doesn't, I don't know. People really get like that, you think? I mean, what are the. I think it's rare. I think it's very rare. Positions are have to be at Civil War, all that. You I know, think it's very I heard, rare. I, I heard a story once, and I wish I knew more details, but apparently there was once a city somewhere in the West where the entire, well, most of like a large percentage of the city were outlaws and they had all made a communal agreement not to drop the dime on each other so (laughs) that they could live out the rest of their life in peace. And it, and there was like an underground uh, network of uh, fake your death wherever you live and then come out here and you can live with us and we w- and you get a whole new name and nobody will tell anybody who you were. Wow, it's like it, it was like the early uh, um, witness Capstone. relocation program. Yes, or Capstone yes. City. Yes. Capstone City, what's that? Yeah. Capstone City is a um, a certain location of a sandy oh gotcha. type yeah mm-hmm. topography 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. We Andy talked Chook. about that. Um, that you got beach it. where fish hooks get stuck in people's toes if they talk about anything. Really, I don't want to get my toes in so deep. Bikini yes. bottom. And so, well, the it's Nazis it's went after World War Two. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Where basically you get the fire department and the chief of police. But one of the really important characters that you have to get is the coroner. And the coroner is the uh, cherry on top or the tip of the iceberg, whatever you want to say. That's the most important. Yes. Yep. Bingo. (laughs) Coroner is a pretty powerful position. Yeah, coroners used to be the uh, um, like a really pretty big authority. If you watch the, uh, I think that it's called the Poisoner's Journal. Um, it's about all these poisonings in the 1800s and the rise of them having to create the office of coroner because of all the the corruption of uh, people getting paid backs for getting rid of the bodies and stuff like this. Or writing them off as something, something, some death that they weren't, so that people would get away with murder all the time. It's, it, murder is so easy. You realize that, right? Like right now, pharmacists are murdering people. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Hospice, you know, people are literally walking in the hospital. There's nothing wrong with them, but they believe they've got cancer and they're terminally ill and. Or they got coronavirus. Yes, shove this tube down my throat because my oxygen levels are low. If that's a good protocol, murder. That's not authorized. They're killing people. People who would live normally if they never even would have engaged with some kind of business with these people. Murder's easy. Especially well, if you're because you're the one who determines. I've seen it. I've when it was it was God, it was almost weekly at one point. I would be approached by a parent who wanted to tell me about their child's um, death certificate and how the trouble is put on it for yeah first they become the realization it was fentanyl and not heroin and then some family members would go there's a way you could do it depends on who you know that would have not an overdose listed there's overdose listing there's a respiratory failure listing and another one so they could actually kind of hide the fact that a family member died of such a thing. So you, there's even ways to manipulate your death certificates. And I watch that unfold, and then you hear these, these um. well, they had the one guy from What's Name just did the video with uh, the Australian dude. Help me out. He's the, uh, he was, ran the, um, in, in England, he ran a um, funeral home, right? Because, you know, if the TV cameras were going to be anywhere during a pandemic, it wouldn't be there. Anyway, he was oh, yeah. saying they had immediately change of death certificates, the way they did all that. And it doesn't seem like a lot of these guys really had a problem with it. I'm like, yeah, it's my job. Because how could we not, how could it have stopped there? You know what I mean? Coroners, funeral home directors, which is basically the same thing. Well, didn't he, didn't that guy say that he just did it as, as like a promotional thing for a, yeah, news, a news thing first? Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And then he realized what he was actually doing. Yeah. Like with the uh, 
what's the medication? When I was telling my wife about it, they put you on before they incubate you. You know, it's this medication. And he said that there was a huge order for it. It's a Michael Jackson. uh, It's the the one that makes you into a coma or whatever. Yeah. Deep sleep. Michael Jackson drugs. It's not even they put they do that to you first. And then, like, who's the guy who does that? Like, we were talking about um, anesthesiologists donating donating your um, organs. Well, you know, I've seen enough stories of people who went into surgery by anesthesiologists who there is no science to it. Everyone's different. That's another thing about dosage. People don't understand. Everyone is different when it comes to dosing. Mm -hmm. And these anesthesiologists are putting people under in surgery, but they're still conscious and awake and feeling every cut and stab. So, I mean, we've got how many people who've, I'm sure there's people who have escaped the hospital in this experience and want to tell everybody how they snapped out of the anesthesia that barely didn't work, but that was what almost killed them. They didn't, you know, the coronavirus or other yeah, we're, we're looking at that word coroner or plural coroners. That's meaning guardian of the crowns, please. The function originally to protect royal Properties, coroner, a public official who presides over an inquest into unnatural deaths, cases of treasure trove and debris from shipwrecks. The idea of the coroner being guardian of the crown's pleas, meaning their function originally to protect royal properties, reminds us that our body is not our own. That connects us back to the certificate of live birth, putting our footprint on the piece of paper to say that we are royal property or rather property of the crown. People could be dying strictly based on their social security number or birth certificate issue date and what they want to do with it. Like it's a banking thing. Mm -hmm. Are they targeting people with this? Could be. I mean, targeting in what way? Well, these are people of a certain stock, let's say. These families mm-hmm. or these people. First, I, we all know, like, okay, off old people, okay, you don't have to pay pensions anymore, which is a huge sure. deal. Mm-hmm. Just go there. I, you could, they would do that for this. I mean, there was even accusations from whistleblowers on, you know, that that's what they were going to do. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a status known as able-bodied person. If you are the status able-bodied person, then you are expected to continue earning and, by extension, paying into the tax pyramid property scheme thing, and you are traded as a stock and a bond on the stock market, whereas your birth certificate contains the number to see the value of the human capital. Certain human capital will be expected or will be projected and predicted to have a certain earning potential over time. When people grow older and they participate in a social security scheme, system that they pay into knowing that not everyone will reach an age in which they can cash out from that system 
are we still following this train of thought here? The idea that oh, yeah. human capital, property of the crown, guardians of the crowns are the coroners who will say, yes, this person has died and can remove them and remove their birth certificate from the market to say there's no longer an earning potential. This person is deceased. So that's the confirmation of that. And only the coroner can do that as a guardian of the crown's property. Yep. So uh, there are... Determine if uh, treasure has been hidden. Right. right. And that's, that's like the debris from a shipwreck or rather yeah. what happens when a body is no longer able-bodied, it is buried. It is like yep. a treasure chest. It's put in a chest. It's buried. It's a certain magical. The world doesn't work the way that you think it does. We're just doing business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Not I have personal. a theory. Yeah. <laughs> I have a theory that's based on many other people's theories, but uh, some people believe that your genealogy, that the speculation that is done on your QCIP number is based on your genealogical proximity to the Christ bloodline. <laughs> And so, where do you certain, get this stuff? <laughs> I, I've been way into sovereignty for a long time. I've heard all the myths and all the legends. Yeah. And so, some people, they do, they believe that if you are of certain bloodlines, that the speculation on your soul, your, the soul corporation of those footprints is worth more. And oh, so... Right. And this overlaps with what you said, Aaron, about certain people's numbers have more value as a salvage than others. And so some people get the placebo, some people get the real deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to tie this back into our title, what is our title? Just between you and me, M-E stands for Medical Examiner. He or she who performs <laughs> autopsies, who presides over an inquest. So just between you and the medical examiner, what is your worth after your death? Did you meet wow. your earning potential? Right. What if, right. Yeah. If you don't own land, I wonder what kind of classification you must own land some way, somehow. I think that might be something there. You're right. Landowners were uh, were honored with the vote before all uh, before everybody. They got the right to vote first. Hmm. Man, I don't know. This, I mean, this is processing time because this is. Um, this puts you in a different position. Like I've been here before concerning all what we're watching unfold. Like, here's the thing, right? I can, here's the deal. And I'm like, wait a minute, motherfucker. Why are you trying to get me involved in this? We're talking about here's the deal, Biden. So it's always, here's the deal. 
here's the deal. It's like, no deal, dude. What are you talking about? I don't know you. Go away. Right? So to get you, even just to get you involved in this, like they, they, they have to get you involved or else it's not happening, right? Yep. I mean, just because I have a birth certificate and a social security card, which I never consented to, why am I involved in this contract? Why am I involved in any of this stuff? And why do I have to put on some kind of like show for you to prove all this stuff when I just went and told you no? Like, so, you know, just being aware of it, I wonder, puts this in some other, because what do they got? How are they going to trick you? They can't cheat an honest man. You know why? Because he's not looking for any deals. That dude's happy with everything. That's right. Way he's not looking for sales. He's not trying to give you a deal either. Honest man, trade for trade. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. This was going to be hard to process. Are you guys ready? Are you? Depends on what ready is. You know. I am. I am certainly ready. Like. Here, mine heart here. That's it. That's I think that's all we need. More ready every day. Feels yeah, like it. I keep yeah. thinking they're gonna they're gonna have to put me in the dirt because if they put me in the prison, I'm gonna start a uprising. <laughs> I know that. I thought about that. <laughs> yep. I just don't. I don't know. I, I'm really. I'm, my my hope lies in. This spirit of humankind being god mind actually people who are connected you know they just can't defeat that yeah good stuff is happening no like and i you know we're seeing nature reflect it like i think i believe that humanity will choose the right nice bright winner yeah I believe in the good man. Because all men are. It's just if we've chosen to give our goodness away. You, can you, know, you, make, you let somebody else start making decisions for you. You've given up that choice. When That's you're a sovereign and you're making, you're making your own decisions about your life. And, you, you know, it's okay that somebody else has a, has a, different design for your life so what fuck you i'm i'm the captain of this one this is the only ship i got so so, whatever you still got to see the corner though fuck (laughs) (laughs) why do we care we're not this this is not going to be us anymore i want to be buried on my ground i don't want i want to be in a pine box or a, give me yeah. a, I want to make the decision, but right now, if I die and someone finds out the state or anything, I'm going to end up in a morgue. I'm going to end up on some kind of fucked up paperwork that's probably not even going to be true, that some family member is going to look back in the past and try and get the wrong idea, whatever, you know. Yeah. And it, me and my wife are talking about this. It's like, you know, I'm like, don't tell me when I died, just bury my ass in the ground. Go to jail. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's my mind. I don't. Mm-hmm. I've watched so many people uh, perish in the last ten years, and I've seen beautiful funerals. I participated in them, seeing all the different ways people will handle it. But without 
any actual like it's a shame like when there isn't mourning when there isn't the ritual and stuff that's that that will carry on yeah yeah the closure the closure ritual is really important i think it's critical i worked in funeral uh cemetery for a year i was young yeah and it was i remember that that was crazy man but yeah like i I did three, I think, that weren't, that were like unconventional burials. There was a dude out in Amato who did a, um, the the deal was that he owned the land, that land had to be in the family. Yeah. So like, um, if the person who died on the land was the owner, it had to have been like had to have been passed down to him from his son or something to his son or something like that. I don't remember how it went, but he did. He got a shovel and buried his dad out there, got a permit, got the, well, got the permission of some sort to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the County. I think you're right. So there are ways I think of doing it, but I think you have to check with your state. So maybe it's just a matter that no, you don't see you don't see any of it anymore because we just forgotten. Like, nah, just you know, right? I mean, that's a way to take your car back. Is take your funeral yeah. right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's also sure. a, a usefulness in letting people know where a body is buried. So if someone unburies a body that is not registered in a certain location, then they don't have to open an investigation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, if I die, you guys have to be. Uh, you guys have to help me out. I want you to set me adrift on a little raft, and then you all shoot me. Shoot me full of flaming arrows. Yes, I'm down. I am so down. So you are not volunteering for organ donation in any form. <laughs> Hell no! Hell hmm. no! Not a donation. Then, hey, uh, somebody's got to collect collect your, the ashes. Your body and then, will remain intact as you leave. Do not, Asian. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted yeah. to do a shout out to uh, Johnny Larson. He was doing some s- sketches while our show. It looks like, and he he's got an egg, a cracked egg, with a syringe and a goat head, maybe. Check it out. I, God, I love his surreal art. It's so cool. Where did he post it? That dude's in the, in the Weaving Spiders welcome chat. Nice. Well, speaking of death, um, David Barsky's battery died. And so he had to pop out because his okay. phone huh. went dead. <laughs> good night. Good night, Barsky. It's good to see Thanks, you, man. Barsky. I'm glad to see you're up, up and around. Oot and a boot. Oot and a boot. Wow, is that a, that looks like a placenta on the goat's head. Half of a placenta. Oh, yeah. The tree. Oh, cool art. World tree. Yeah, if anybody doesn't follow Johnny Larson, he does an, a daily thing. Like, follow him. His art is... And 
the guy is diligent. Like every single day he's posted stuff like as a discipline. Inktober. I admire it. Oh, it's he's Inktober. got one of the, he's, he's got, got the three eyed thing on there. Yeah. Oh, is that the, oh no. Is it? Yeah. In the art. Oh, it is. It's a trilops. He's got a, a triops on there. Triops. That's mm-hmm. a yeah. Triops. Rad. Hey, plays porn music while he draws. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so when your wife walks in, she's like, "What are you listening to? <laughs> what are you watching?" She's like, "Again, again." That's a midget porn, is it? I told you. <laughs> <laughs> when he put on the mega <laughs> That's cool. I like the three eyes on the egg. Find it. <clears throat> I put cool. some printables up on the chat. We have spiders. Some what? printables something you can print out oh yeah that's right you did and we're talking about creating images and maybe having a coloring contest like an adult coloring contest (gasps) fantastic idea oh yeah that's what this is (gasps) can we do that could we have people color johnny larson's crap no way i i have to talk to johnny larson Message me, Johnny Larson. Yeah, the uh, Toxoplasmosis gondii. That's Uh that diagram without the text. We were suggesting that people could print that out and then color it and (laughs) uh, share it. And we'll have a coloring contest and maybe share some of that live and maybe, um, I don't know, judge them somehow. Choose choose categories to award prizes and create something. So just nice. to prove that I'm telling the truth, check this out. I'm just scrolling through some midget porn. And <laughs> the hierophant, weird oh. owl, and crow. What? There it is. Wow. I think I'm going to look at the upload date of that. Let's see. When did I download it? Where did you find that? That's wild. Do they collect the stuff just like everybody else? It says um, July 21st, 2019. See, I was doing owls too, man. I just. July of 2019? Yeah. What a crazy time that was. Wow. That was the calm before the storm. Yeah. Range of books. It's incredible. That is neat. It's got a a yod in the roots. It's got a yod in the horns. Oh, good lord! Oh, there's more. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> Was that my favorite? Swayze <laughs> as what? Man, red dawn, man. Come on. Yeah, we have we have some blind friends tagging you the Vegas memes. <laughs> Thankfully, not seeing all the images. Hey, uh, Aaron, what's the uh, what's the priest 
um, spear called that? St. Anthony? No, no, this this cross that he's holding, the Hierophants. I remember, I know it's on the table. Oh, yeah. Also, and the key. Do you know the significance of the key? You're talking about the owl, right? Yeah. Looks like some kind of, wow, there's two crows there and everything. Key Halo. It's in the I'm chat. I'm looking it up here. Yeah, it's in the chat if anybody's. Man, you haven't lived until you sat. You've been on the mountain and you scream hail at every crow that flies by for three months. And this image, an image says so much. I can't say with words. Anyone recognize this? Divine feminine from the fountain. Would it? That's the movie, The Fountain. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever saw it. What? I love that movie. I it's love a that Darren movie. Aronofsky film. Intense. Yep. From the director of Pie and that swan movie with um, the swan dancers. Wow. Black Swan, I think. Black Swan? Mm -hmm. Oh, God. We're supposed to have a Black Swan event on the 18th. Black Swan event. That's Black an election. Swan event on Sunday, the, Monday, the 18th. People were warning me of the 15th of October. I'm like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so like names on the screen right now. We're seeing um, Joe, Pres President uh, Sleepy Joe, yep. in a pool of water after a hook with, is that Chinese is that, money? Uh, queen on there? Or is that Chinese money? Okay, so he's taking the hook and the lure of the Chinese money. Dementia, the name of a Nirvana album parody. Nice. That classic Nirvana album cover. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tasteful image where he's wearing uh, Speedos. Mm. I think the original, right. there were no Speedos. There you go. Uh, that's that's the album they sell in Walmart. There's your key. <laughs> oh, wow. Cool. A and M. Those are initials that I'm familiar with. The Alan Marcus initials. <laughs> they threw him. Where? What is that? Could you can you post that? Yeah. In the chat. Here? I can. Uh, I'd like to see that up close. You guys don't have files like that? Come on. I don't even know what's in there anymore. Yeah, just um, just being on the internet, finding these files, saving them, and forgetting about them, and then returning to them. Much Look at that turd. <laughs> this image here got me home to my family. Oh, I would think wow. this scene so much when I was separated from my family for those years. Yeah. Reference that scene kind of hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. From yeah. No, it's, all, it's all a man telling I don't know. That's just the power of an image alone. This one here, this one too. 
It's the one he's being when he's ripped away from his family, right? When his family is ripped away from him. No, that's when he returns after he dies. Mm. Oh, when he returns. See if if you think about it all the time. There's never any story. Yep. Plato's cave. The ivory tower. Mm -hmm. Oh, this one might get you. I don't know if I can even read that out loud. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> he doesn't approve. <laughs> I want to draft women, and I'm like, <laughs> is, the, is the kitchen under attack? The answer is yes, the kitchen is under attack. This kitchen the studio. Food, the food sources are under attack. The production lines are halted. Here's your original um, you know, um, Christian symbol. Nice. It is. It's got I, X, E, O, Y, whatever, Jesus. But when uh, Christians apparently... Um, when they're being persecuted, you would not find a cross or anything or anyone wearing such a thing, maybe a towel or something. But that mm -hmm. was, it was this symbol. Like a sewing wheel. On a wall somewhere, but that's how you knew where you could um, meet and pray, they say. But, uh, X yeah. marks the spot, dividing the year into quarters and eight parts. A lot of stuff going on in just a simple wheel, man. It's amazing. It's like crossing. Yeah. The There's a Kabbalic. Uh, that's in the. I saw it in here. <laughs> Bob's man boobs. Bob had bitch tits. Bob's bitch tits. <laughs> <laughs> Left from Fight Club. Hey, uh, Fight yeah. Club. Now, this hey, is Aaron. This is alone. Yeah. This is from the Kabbalic. Yeah. Kabbalic Mm -hmm. the second chokma is wisdom yep. it's symbol huh. hey, can you see Hulk. that yeah. Hulkma. Hulkma. yeah Hulkma. the symbol is a wheel yes yep. a wheel the symbol is also uh, a dick so is also a dick yes so there's the uh, phallic solar power of the dick supernal father <laughs> Mm -hmm. Will to force, dynamic outpouring energy, yep. unorganized, but uncompensated. The great stimulator. Mm, there's your dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first positive. Symbols the phallus, the line, yod. Astrological reference is the sphere of the zodiac. The sphere of the zodiac? Oh, the Kabbalistic the... references are very important to understand at some point in your life. Just looking at them and becoming aware of them, you'll see them everywhere. And now you'll have a, a greater understanding as to maybe why they are there. Why? Chokmah. From a Kabbalistic uh, dictionary. A cores uh, correspondences chart mm -hmm. so you guys um to and the, you guys seen the um the uh 
how that <laughs> it has no root in their tree of life. They cut it out. Oh. No. Yeah. In what? No, no placenta. Wow. Yep. Right. The the tree of life corresponds to the the human body as you place your back against the wall it'll align with the diagram the chart that you could put a poster on your wall what is that the three-dimensional version of the the tree of life yes yes that's that's in the cover of a a robert wang book it's Mm -hmm. appropriate that his name is wang (laughs) an artist (laughs) Robert yes, uh, Robert Wang created a hermetic tarot deck. He did the art for a hermetic tarot deck, and oh. his art is sort of these watercolors. Post that in the link, sort of please. About it. I think I almost bought that set. Uh, the Robert Wang tarot deck is is quite useful. I like the art of it. It's very different. And if we're re- returning to the question from part one tonight about choosing a first tarot deck i'm you know i it depends on it depends on the individual i might say purchase two or three decks that appeal to you and then from there choose one to focus on for an entire year forget the other two and then just work with that one deck and it might be the Wang deck, and it might be the Wong deck, but <laughs> oh, Alan. if you like that joke, perhaps try the I Ching, the Book of Changes. You won't Man. need to purchase anything at all. You just use a coin. I was like, I got three decks picked oh, out. Right. Doctor, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Wayne did the, or yeah, was he a doctor? I don't know why I said that. Um, Robert Wayne did the Golden Dawn Tarot. Yes. And that's golden different Dawn, from the Alice. The Golden Dawn Hermetic Tarot deck, yeah. Right. I have that deck. I have his book. Yep. I love memes. It's a lot of fun. Do you guys have an answer to that question asked earlier uh, in terms of choosing a first deck? I suggested perhaps the deck will choose you. There'll be a sort of an attraction to it. Mm-hmm. Other other decks won't have the same magnetic energy that draws you to them. But um, perhaps finding a few different decks online uh, based off of other people's recommendations maybe the number one question is do you want to choose the Crowley Thoth deck and some people say yes it's great other people say no it's not so great there are differences between these decks and if you are learning for the first time a lot of people will say choose a rider weight deck to begin with other people might say, no, choose a Golden Dawn Hermetic deck because that will allow you to understand the correspondences within the deck. 
So it, there's there's a there's a lot that goes into choosing a deck. Your first deck is just going to be the baby steps. It's the training wheels. It's the thing that you're going to get comfortable with. You're going to learn about, and at some point you will move on to other decks. But the first one probably doesn't matter as much as the second deck. So don't worry so much about the first deck. Just dive in, learn about it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can make a more informed decision on a second or third deck that you will maybe have a deeper relationship with and continue to use for a longer period of time. But the true answer is, you know what? You're going to make your own anyway. Yeah. You're going to create your own deck anyway. Nice. So at that point, the important thing in your journey is keeping a journal and a diary, writing down your, your readings, your experiments, the possible meanings and correspondences that matter to you, and maybe have a page in a notebook for each card, and then write down over a long period of time the meaning and the significances of that individual card and when all those pages are filled out now you have your own tarot deck that you have designed that is attuned to you Mm -hmm. well your own cosmology live your own astrology live it out right yeah and that was addressing a comment earlier about how perhaps our tarot decks are out of date and out of sync with the celestial sky clock And perhaps that is true. So in creating your own deck, I'm not saying you have to paint the pictures for the deck. I'm saying you will record your observations for each card. And at that point, you have essentially created your own tarot. And you can use any deck to shuffle, but then you go back to the pages in your notebook for the meaning and the reading. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've given advice to follow the seasons to take a full year in creating a deck that um, you would uh, theoretically you could start in the summer with the wands and you would be penciling in the images and then in the fall, you would fill in the colors of the sketches and cut them into individual cards. And then in the winter, you would laminate them, which is much like frost freezing them. Mm. And then in the spring, you would write, and then you would write the book in the spring, which fills up the vessels and gives them their meaning. Wonderful. Yeah. That is, dude. I got to take my own advice. I give better advice than, than I follow. But <laughs> I think that, that's a good recipe, you know? You think See, you know. Cool. The, I think about those those decks that are like Klimt art and uh, Salvador Dali, the one that um, Sean has. Yeah. And man. I was thinking about that because I love Dali, but he didn't actually 
make that deck. He made the art and they and they associated that art with the deck. So I wonder how how much that actually is. It's like I guess I guess they did that with um, uh, some yeah with Clint too. Um, that artist that um, a cult fan had in the in his background, you know that gold lady. They've they made a tarot deck of those too, and I I wonder how how that changes the the intention or maybe the energy in the in the deck itself, other than like as opposed to like a custom made deck, like something like like that's got to have a shit ton of intention, you know. That's got to be powerful. Yes. Making your own deck. Yeah, you could. I mean, with that, with that kind of arc of intention, you could take a lifetime. You yeah. Know, collecting potential images, ideal for ideal, and then it would become like a family heirloom. Almost. Yes. Yes. And do it during a great reset too. Like a family, like we used to have the family Bibles. Right. People still have them. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any. I think um, we had our family tree put in a book. It was commissioned. It cost like 30 grand or something. Oh, wow. Back in the um, 90s, my aunt, she had it made. And she left me and my brother and sister out of it. Oh, wow. Dude, the book is like, it's big. Well, no, it's just, it's weird. I have no idea what's going on with those people. So it's something I got to, but I'm just saying, when it comes to family, she's a, you know, she's a um, curator, museum curator at the um, Jefferson's, um, what is it called? Monticello or something? Monticello? Monticello. Yeah. yeah, so she's a history buff. Oh, wow. She's so intelligent, she's retarded. Well, not that intelligent if she left you out of the family tree book. I'm making my own. <laughs> I get a new start. That's what I mean. It, was like, it used to upset me. Now I'm like, oh, good. You probably did me a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Separated me from all your trauma and stuff. Yeah. There you go. What if it's a family? I mean, don't even if you don't have a family tree, start a new one. Boom. Yeah, I already got a full tree number. <laughs> I one up myself. <laughs> right. Replace <coughs> their systems and their whatever. Get rooted. Really? If they're they're all in if they're etheric, right? Everything they're doing, it's like, is there anything really grounded in what they're doing? I don't know. I'm just saying. Gentlemen, I need to crash. I'm falling. I'm, getting, I'm starting to fade, gentlemen. So I think I'm going to. Well, I think it might be getting close to that time. We've been on for about five hours. 
it's about. I love these though. Everybody, thank you for doing this. And Eric, thank you for jumping in. Barsky, thank you. Good to see you again, buddy. Do you want to read from the book? Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. What's the title of it again? Closing. It's Lindsay Sherman's um, All Endings Are Beginnings. There you go. Save the world. Save the world. Inside the deepest well, we find the key. Inside the darkest cave, we find the answer. Against our most difficult struggles, we find ourselves. And what we bring forth from those battles will save ourselves and the world. That's it. It's in here. Once again, Lindsay, thank you. I love that woman. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Divine Very feminine, awesome. man. We're just waiting for them to tell us what to do. And when they figure out what we need to do, we're going to raise fucking hell. <laughs> right on, gentlemen. Good evening. Night. Good night. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to be in your dreams. Because <laughs> we live in your mind. We live in your mind. <laughs> Night. Good I've got something to say. I'm gonna go listen to DC Talk later today. <laughs> Until I hear some spider music. Marsky <laughs> promised us some new spider music. We gotta get some new spider music from Barsky, David Barsky. Record high, we need that music. Figure building structure.